This is the Patriots Catch-22 Podcast with Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. I'm Evan Lazar. Evan Lazar. Evan Lazar. Hello, everybody. Nailed it. Joined, as always, by our Barth. That's a bit. That's a match. No risk it, no risk it. 22. Here is Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. How many times did you give your take? Well, he's not Tom Brady, which, again, congratulations on snuffing that you, one out. You love that take. It's, it's such a That's your favorite brave take, take Evan. That's you, your favorite that take. That Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. That is your favorite take. You love when I give that take. A, you really nailed, I, the, th- nailed week, it with that one. I don't know. You you saw that from a mile away, and you jumped, and you said, I'm going to be the one that declares this, and, and you and you alone figured that one out, This Evan. week, it's uh, Bailey Zappi is not Patrick Mahomes. Again, just, just a brilliant <laughs> football mind of Evan Lazar, ladies and gentlemen. That That is – people say that. People say that Bailey Zappi is not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Evan Lazar, Alex Barth, Patriots Catch-22 with you uh, until about noon Eastern time. We have a PU after that, so full day. Four hours straight of radio from Marine and I, although, you know, I go to practice, so it's like, you know, little breaks here and there, but uh, I digress. Uh, so we're, we're going to get into the actual the actual football team uh, plenty here today. That's our thing, right? Our thing. I always think about this. Like our thing is not to get into the drama, to get into the politics right. of it all. Uh, but with that being said, the biggest story with the Patriots right now is Tommy Curran's report that Bill Belichick's future has been decided, essentially. Uh, by ownership and by uh, Robert Kraft and that Bill Belichick will not be back with the Patriots uh, next season. And he said that this was pretty much set in stone after the Patriots lost to the Colts in Germany, which I think all of us that covered the team, Alex, could feel that that was a tipping point, that this was a marquee game, a game, international game, new audience, a game that the organization had lined up for years in the making of planning and money invested into the into all of it and uh it, it, they they play terribly on offense especially but they they did not play a good game in Germany it was not an entertaining game it was not a good game uh so even though that was not it's not one game that gets a coach fired uh, the, that was sort of a microcosm of the patriots in in this last let's call it two seasons here so I do want to start with with that, and I, I do want to talk about Malik Cunningham. And then we can get more into the minutia. You can call in eight five five Pats five hundred. Uh, web radio at patriots dot com is the email address. Uh, we can do draft. We can do Chiefs. Uh, we can do whatever you want from here. But I do want to have a you know both of us give our takes on on the Belichick situation because we kind of have to. We we honestly yeah. kind of have to. And uh, I think the the big thing that I would say is that. I, like all of you, are waiting until January 9th or whenever they, they issue this press release or make this statement or whatever the case may be uh, for a definitive decision on Bill. I have no idea if Bill is going to be back next year or not. Should hang lanterns in the lighthouse. Yeah. One if he's back, two if he's gone. I, I don't know. Or like the smoke on the Vatican or whatever to do that. Yeah, but I was lighthouse. trying to make it like a New England read. Like, that was a Paul Revere reference, Evan. Uh, One if I land, two uh, if I see. Oh, uh, see, you know, history. What, what's That's that? like a very basic. <laughs> you learn that like the second grade. I know. I'm just messing with you. I don't even know anymore, man. <laughs> Wait till I start dropping the Taylor Swift references. Yeah, I, you you're won't have fun with out. anything, but this week you're having a grand old time. It's I, ridiculous. It's true. It's true. Uh, so, anyways, I, I think the biggest thing, and this is just my opinion, but I, I think just knowing the crafts, knowing this organization, knowing how they operate, 
I think that people, and I keep on saying I think for a reason. Yes. I think that people that are expecting, (laughs) that are expecting a clean house, totally new football operations with somebody that has zero connection to the Belichick tree or the, or anything that's happened here for the last 25 years are setting themselves up for failure with that opinion. So you're saying you have not been offered the job. I have not been offered the job, but I am saying that I would be absolutely stunned if the next head coach of the New England Patriots, assuming it's not Bill, which, you know, that Bill's not staying. Well, Bill wouldn't be the net. Well, it would just be the continued. Yeah, yeah okay. but Bill's not staying, which I'm, again, I'm I'm not really I'll believe it when out. I see it. Yeah. Uh, the next head coach of the New England Patriots, assuming that Bill is not staying, I would be absolutely blown away, floored, surprised, shocked if that coach has zero connection to what's currently going on here with the Patriots. And if that means... It's a quote unquote outside hire, but it's Mike Vrabel. Right. Then, okay. Uh, I think Gerard Mayo has to have the inside track here. He should be the heavy favorite to be the next head coach of the Patriots. But whoever it is, Patriots fans, you are going to know that person from some wake of the dynasty. It's not going to be something that sends you a run into the Google machine. No. And it's not going to be somebody. I don't think it's not going to be a Ben Johnson. It's not going to be a Bobby Slowick, my guy in Houston. It's not going to be a totally outside the box hire. Cause I think the two things that you look at with the Patriots is one and Pete Carroll wasn't quite who he is now, obviously when they hired him in the nineties, but two out of their three coaches as owners of the new England Patriots are Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. Some two guys with some cachet, two guys right. with some resumes, with some cachet, some championship pedigree. And for the younger listeners and viewers, Bill did have a resume before he got here. Yeah. His work with the Giants. Yeah. So, and also, I would say with with Belichick, a guy that was here before, because right. he was on Bill. Par- and I think with Parcells, yeah, and Parcells was was Parcells here before? No, no, okay. I don't think so. But. Uh, you know, Bill Parcells had Belichick on his staff in New England for a couple years, so they had grown familiar with Bill Belichick through that situation. Parcells was here for a year as a linebackers coach in 1980. Okay, well, that was way before. I know, but I thought I thought anyway. Continue. Yes. I thought I knew that. So, I think that this next hire, assuming there is a next hire, is going to be somebody that we all know that has been here recently or is currently here in Gerard Mayo's case and somebody that has some connection to the dynasty because and I I, I workshopped this with you last night so I'm sorry you're hearing this again but they're at the end of the day the crafts built this empire by being really shrewd businessmen and in business when things aren't going well for a business but it's been super successful in the past you don't just blow it up and start over. You just pivot, right? Like you just, you pivot to some, something else. You pivot to something more modern. You pivot to a different sort of thing. But if Apple starts to do poorly in their yearlies n- next year, they're not going to just completely reinvent Apple, right? Like it's, it's still going to be Apple. And I, I think with the Patriots, that that's the way that they would look at it as well. So long story short for me, that's me telling you that I would be pretty 
darn shocked if this is not Gerard Mayo's job, if Bill Belichick is not here, because it's still Belichick adjacent. It's still the same sort of thing. uh, But Gerard's a completely different cat than Bill is and and a much younger, much more modern type of coach and a, a player's coach, I would say as well. So I think all those things add up to that now. And we can get into this a little bit. To me, that makes the most important hire the general manager. Right. Because you're probably going to be running a system on both sides of the football that are pretty similar to what we've seen over the last 20 plus years. It's probably going to be Bill O'Brien running the offense or or Josh McDaniels or somebody in the Patriot lore running the offense. And it's going to be a Belichick defense just run by Gerard Mayo and Demarcus Covington, let's call it right. Or Steve or whoever. So with all that being said, I think that the most important person in all of this it, because I think a lot of this has already been sort of predetermined of how they're going to – the succession plan here. Uh, the, the most important person out of all of this then becomes the GM. And that's the one hire that I do think it's possible that they go a little bit more outside the box. And it's somebody that's a little bit more uh, of, a, of a different flavor because they know that they, the talent on the roster is simply the biggest issue with this team right now. Well, how about – to that whole thing about like familiar faces, right? If Gerard Mayo becomes the head coach, is Bill O'Brien staying as the offensive coordinator or not? And if not, it, or does the same apply to offensive coordinator that that familiarity level? Because at that point, it's basically Josh McDaniels, right? I I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if it necessarily applies to to offense because you know Dan Graziano had that that write up in ES on ESPN yesterday, which I I feel kind of the same way that Dan does. And that is, uh, you can't watch the offense over the last two years and not think we need something different here. Like, we need an updated, modern offense. We need speed. We need talent on the outside. We need a quarterback. And I think all those things add up to maybe going in at least a slightly different direction with what the offense is doing now. But ultimately, I I do think it would be uh, O'Brien, mainly because I think that they – unless O'Brien has a great college job or something like that lined up, which I think now, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, he's kind of missing the boat on those opportunities at this yeah. point. I, I I would say that they probably told O'Brien that he would be here for a couple of years. I don't think that he would move his family back up here, take this job, all these different things, just to have them sit there and say, you're, you're one and done, right? You're, you're out after one season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Um, just on the whole thing with, with the Bill stuff, and I'll start off by saying this. I know I've seen people who say that, you know, we, we this show, the whole point of the show, we're not about the drama. We're not about the, you know, gossip talk or whatever. Yeah. And I, I want to get back to the real football talk. I do. This is just the major story right now. This is what we have to talk about. You can't talk about this team and not talk about what's going on with the head coach. Yeah. I, again, I'll, I'll not to say I don't think Bill is gone at the end of the year. I'll, I, I will believe it when I see it, but all signs do kind of point to it, just the way the team has performed. And when, you know, again, when we're talking about this, it's not, people say, oh, you know, it was a three and 10 season. It was a bad season. It's not this one season that does bill in. It's really the last four or five years in the draft and the failure to develop highly drafted players like Mac Jones, Tyquan Thornton, um, Ronnie Perkins, you know, players like that. And even some guys further down the board, who maybe hire you know recruits at lesser positions yeah that that's the difference here and I don't know like part of me goes back to 
we we've worked under this assumption for so long that it's all or nothing with Bill. He's either going to be running the whole show, head coach, GM, all of it, or he's gone. Right. And I I understand why we thought that. It makes sense why we thought that because that was how Parcells spoke, and we know it was something important to Belichick and all of that. Do the changing circumstances change that? Is there a world where maybe Bill says, you know what, fine, bring in another GM, and I don't know who you're going to hire over Bill Belichick as the yeah. G- like not saying that oh nobody can do a better job, but who's going to be the guy that's basically saying to Bill Belichick, no, this is what we're doing with the roster, right? I don't know. Part of me wonders if maybe that's worth revisiting. That 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 idea. I think that- that's the biggest problem, though, is that in a lot of ways, I feel like it's really difficult if Bill's still in the building for that person to go over Bill's head and say, no, this is what right. we're there's, doing. There's probably only two or three people you could hire for that role. Yeah. Like John Robinson, Thomas Dimitrov. I doubt Pioli's coming off that TV gig, but those are like the only three guys I can I, really I, think of. I, yeah, I, I think it's gonna. it would take somebody, and I don't know who, but I, the one thing that I do wonder if they're going to try to go that, and I'm not advocating for them to go that route necessarily, but let's say Bill does come to yeah. them and say, I'll just coach. Right. And and you can go hire a personnel guy. I, I do wonder if there is a John Elway, John Lynch type from the Patriots dynasty or, 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 you know, somebody that played for the team that has that shrewd football mind that they would bring in as, uh, you know, I, I use those all cross sports like a Cam Neely. There's right? only one person I can think of. Yeah. Is Vrabel. Well. If he would want to be a GM. It's interesting because I, I, I think that changes things in terms of like how you acquire him from the Titans if you're giving him what I think a the, promotion, league, yeah. the league would view. I, I just wonder if there's a guy that is would come in like that as like an overseer. Is there anybody else from that team that's working? I mean, it, it, there's a couple of the guys that are coaches, but they're much lower down. Guys like Wes Welker is a wide receivers yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much all, all, all the ex-Patriots are in media. Are Not TV. a lot of them got into, yeah. you know, coaching or, or, or scouting offices or yeah, yeah I, I i don't know i don't like the idea of bill staying because i think ultimately even if they the organization says he's staying and when i say staying i mean staying as just the coach and they're bringing in a gm oh we're, we're gonna give roster power to macro and i'm just using macro right. as an example ultimately i think it comes back to bill making the decision like i, I yeah. think because he's the biggest well that's why i'm saying in the there's only two or, and- there's only two or three people you could hire for that i don't know part of me is like does he give because I, I i don't think even if he knows he has to do it yeah even if he ultimately decides to do it i don't think robert Kraft wants to move on from bill belichick i don't think he would I, I don't think it's something he does lightly or does with with any joy or any sense of relief oh no so if it cracks the door open to not have to make that move, I, I don't know. Part of me is just like we've worked under this assumption for so long, and it's not tangibly based on anything, at least not now. It was at one point. Do the circumstances change? And, change? and I'm not advocating for it either. I'm just saying I just can't, maybe I got caught up in the Army, Navy, all of it, and Bill having fun on game day. Probably. But it was like is like – what are the odds? Is there a chance that he would just stay in coach? Because again, to go back to the the reason ultimately you're moving on from Bill is coaching's part of it, but it's not the primary reason. I wouldn't say it's not the it's not the the actual 
in-game day-to-day coaching right is not necessarily the primary reason except maybe on on special teams which is a, a disaster but I, I wouldn't necessarily say those things are what's the it, the issues are not that you know they have poor fundamentals or their techniques are poor or their structure is poor defensively like that's not what the problem is but from a coaching standpoint coaching is partially philosophy and partially how you script a game and how you want to go about winning football games. And I still think that his view on all of that is archaic. Like they wanted those games that they played, that they lost three straight with 10 or less given up on defense. That game, those games went the way that Bill Belichick is more than happy to play. The only difference was is that they were turning the ball over in inopportune times and they weren't scoring 11 points, right? Like if they had won uh, the game in Germany 13 to 10, then Bill doesn't that is a that's how Bill wants to play. He wants right. to win the game 13 to 10. You can't do that in the modern NFL and compete at the highest levels anymore. You can't do that and win a Super Bowl. And ultimately that's what they have to be building towards is winning another championship here. And if his philosophies are outdated, going all the way down to the bottom of the roster, which we're going to get to here in a second, with claiming a special teams linebacker in week 15 of a season where you're 3-10 and and then losing Malik Cunningham to the Baltimore Ravens because he's on your practice squad and isn't protected on your 53-man roster. Nobody else in the NFL is making decisions like that. Nobody else in the league is looking at offense like that and saying we would rather have this guy who covers kicks than a developmental player in our system, that a developmental quarterback, not even just a player. And I think those things you have to – that comes with the coach. Like that comes with the coach. That comes with the football man, mind. That comes with Belichick. And I, I, I if he's not going to change – we always go back to that Saban, you know, 2016 right. coaching clinic thing. Saban made a concerted effort to change his philosophy. Alabama was no longer a under center, old school, off downhill power offense that was going to ball control and run the ball and do all those types of things. They became a spread modern Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian you know, recruiting all the best quarterbacks, recruiting all the best receivers. And it's the same thing in, in pro football. And in, until he starts prioritizing offense over everything else, his philosophy on winning football games is outdated. And I think that is partially the coach too. Like, I think he, he really thinks that they're losing games right now because of turnovers and because of poor field position. Right. That's why he, he thinks that's why they're losing, not because they can't score. But that's why, again, if he's just a head coach. And look, the defense is built. We've talked about this. Every Pretty much everybody's going to be back. They don't have monumental needs on defense. If you bring him back, the defense is set. He can tend to that. You get a GM. You get a new offensive coordinator that build that side of the ball up. And boom, you're off and running. But is he going to, again, is he going to change the fact that in this game against Pittsburgh, which you can get, in, yeah. get into a little bit, in the first 23 minutes of the game, they came out slinging. And then in the last 37 minutes of the game, everybody keeps saying, well, so, what happened in so the second this half? this is basically my, my, my big they, point. But, and and yeah. maybe it's because, I don't know, before the Tom Curran report, it felt like maybe there was a better chance he does come, Bill does come back, whatever. 
Well, they won a game. We we aspire Bill as being this, this just like ultimately stubborn guy. Does a a three and ten season, whatever it ends up being, three and fourteen, four and thirteen, maybe they get to five and twelve. Does that kind of season change him in his approach? That's basically my question. The answer might be no, but yeah. I just I don't know. I feel like we should leave the door open for that because he's never been through anything like this before and, and and maybe it does change things a little. I'm not saying it will and a lot of people are probably screaming, No, of course it won't and you're entitled to that opinion. I just we got to December fourteenth and we never even brought up, hey, maybe this changes his we've talked about changing the Patriots approach. Right, we've talked. Clearly, it's going to change Kraft's approach if he's willing to move on from Bill. Is there any chance it changes Bill's approach? And if they get to that meeting at the end of the year, and Robert says, "All right, you know, why should I bring you back?" Is there a chance Bill says, you know, lays out a plan and says, "This is what I'm going to do. It's going to be different." Yada yada yada. I, I think the reason why we can't see that happening is because this has really been Bill's mo since Cleveland. Right, like and this and, is and how he's been building teams for thirty years, forty years. But he's never had a season this bad outside of two thousand, which doesn't really count because it was his first year here. And he I, I guess pieces I don't know. I I'm did, not I saying think I think this it's a guy. Like this is and, who he is. And, and and to an extent, I agree with you. I just I don't know if again, maybe I'm setting up for if he does stay. But that's just kind yeah. of where I'm. Where yeah, I'm at. I mean, it's fair to prepare yourself. And I, for I, that. I again, I I said at the beginning, I don't think he's back. I don't think he's back, and I think that would be the right decision at this point. Just yeah. where the with what the rosters looked like the last few years, Evan. We were going through looking for for an old uh, tweet from when we first started covering the team in 2018. Yeah. The other day, yeah, and uh, it was after that Steelers loss. Yeah, and ultimately they end up going on to win the Super Bowl, but there's like a reply to the tweet that was, you know, look at where the roster's at and yeah. what is it going to look like in the future and there's no depth here and look at what happened and it's a it's a snowball it's not just a three and 13 year and okay you know you, you won three games you're out right it's letting it get to this point over the case of multiple years is ultimately what's going to be his downfall yeah two two final things on this one i i also would say that offensively outside of the first 20 minutes against pittsburgh the other night for two years they they have been an a boring offense they have not been an entertaining product to watch and i love defensive football no you don't you love defensive football i do we can get to behind defensive football as people that that cover this team but m- the majority of fans want to see offense they want to see quarterbacks I, they want to see offense no don't don't no, disagree i don't think that. that's entire i think oh, there's that's, that's you, the, the very casual fantasy football fans i think there's no, a no but here's the thing here's what we've learned about patriots fans this year a lot of them kind of bandwagon if the team was winning i don't think they'd really care the team i think that's totally not true the team last year you think if they the were team, flipped the, team, the record the te- alex you the think if they were year, 10 and 3 okay but they were not going to be 10 and 3 playing this way They've lost how many one score games? They're not gonna they weren't gonna be ten and three with the roster construction that they have. That's the whole point. Last year they won eight games. They they won some games last year. Like eight eight and nine is not a terrible record, right? But offensively, they were boring. They were horrible to watch at times. They had those games against the Colts and the Jets last year where Marcus Jones's punt return is the reason why they beat the Jets in a three three disgusting football game. And those those types of games are not entertaining. They don't 
they don't get eyeballs on the team. They don't put butts in seats. They don't sell jerseys. Like that's just the bottom line. And as an ownership group, like that part of that, it has to matter. I think ultimately winning is all uh, it matters the most. Yes. But entertainment value, interest in the team, buzz around the team, those types of things have to matter. Now, the last thing that I I would say is that more so than the pitch that you're saying that is possible that Bill goes in there and says, I realize that the offensive yeah. game has passed me by. I'm not saying he's going to say it that explicitly. I, I mean more, okay, bring in somebody else to, to to have a real say in the personnel, and I'll just focus on building up the defense and coaching the team. Sure. He's not – he's – let, let me get that. I'm not saying he's going to go in there and say, all right, we need to be – we need we need our Mike McDaniel. We need to start running this new AG offense. Go get me speed. Start, like – even I'm not going that far with this hypothetical. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, then I don't know what we're talking about. But the the the, the bigger thing, I think, to all that yeah. is he's – if I was Bill, and I'm, I'm saying this, like, I there's a reasonable take here. Yeah. If I was Bill, I would go into Robert's office and I would say, just get, I just need to get the quarterback. Like, the, the quarterbacks this year are the reason why we're 3-10. and 10. Right. And if I had a good quarterback – would we be a a Super Bowl contender again? Not necessarily, but we would be back in the playoffs. We'd be building towards something. The arrow would be pointing upward, and we were in just like you just said. Look at all the one score games we were in. Look at all the games we were in in the fourth quarter. Look at all the games uh, that we lost because you know Mac Jones throws an interception in the red zone against the Colts, and uh, we can't score on the game winning drive against Washington, and we, you know all these different games. If I had the quarterback. We would start winning all See, those See, but w- what I would then say as Kraft is there's been an Ill- inability to identify quarterback talent for a long time. Totally agree. And that's right. say, all right, so are you going to let somebody else find that I quarterback? I totally agree. But I, and that's my fear. Bill has, can't be the guy, forget picking, developing the next quarterback. He can't be the guy doing that. My, my fear as somebody that is squarely in the camp of, the game has passed him by, yeah. and your point just now about developing players, I don't want him developing the next guy. My fear is is that he's going to pitch to Robert if he wants to stay, if he wants yeah. to stay. Well, that's have, another big We have the number two pick in the draft. Yeah. There's a couple good quarterbacks up at the top. You watch Drake Mayfield. We're, I bet you're all excited. We're going to do our homework. We're going to find the guy. And then next year, we're going to have a, 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 a young quarterback that's eventually going to be a top 10, top five quarterback in the league because we picked so high in the draft. And don't worry about it. Like, we're going to be right back there. And we have money to spend in the offseason. It will be 2021 all over again. Right. And then I would say, okay, and what prevents another 2022? The quarterback will be better. But but that, I'm just telling you what he's going to say. And I would say that has nothing to do with what transpired in 2022. He could have hired that coaching staff for any quarterback. I, we're going to end up talking in circles about it. But I'm just telling you what, if I was— No, you're following through on my take. I appreciate if it. If I was Bill and I wanted to stay, Yeah. and what would be my, my pitch would I— and I, I think this is what he might do. Yeah. So this is why I'm bringing it up. I would just throw the quarterbacks under the bus and say we're a quarterback away. And I am saying as Robert Kraft, I would sit there and say, well, how did the quarterbacks get there? And I totally if, agree if with If I'm you. Kraft, the last thing I want to hear Bill say is I want another shot with the quarterbacks. That is the last thing I want to hear him and, say. And I totally agree with you. But as we kind of segue into the quarterbacks here yeah. a little bit, 
I don't think he's entirely all that wrong if that's his viewpoint. That what? That the quarterbacks just stink. And the quarterbacks who, held the team back. Who drafted them? I, who developed them? But that's not the point. The point that I'm making is in a vacuum. Yes. Just looking at it this season in the in Yes, this the quarterback sport, play has not been good. The quarterback play is the problem. I don't you can't separate that from Bill Belichick though. You can't. I'm not trying to. And that's to. not to make excuses for Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. We say this about every position when we talk about wide receivers. We don't talk about, you know, Tyquan Thornton struggling and just, "Oh, that's unfortunate. Too bad they don't like Bill Belichick doesn't have better receivers." We do this with every position. You can't separate the two. But there's going to be people and I oh, think, I know. And I think that there's people in this building. I think there are people in this building that feel this way that, hey, look, against Pittsburgh, we got a really good half of quarterback play out of Bailey Zappi, and we won the game against a team that has a winning record that has, that was hoping to make the playoffs this year in the, in the Steelers, in their building, on a short week. And all we just got average quarterback play. Like, literally, Bailey Zappi, his QBR in this game was 52 which means that he was literally average, right? Like yeah. he was literally slightly above average and they won the game. And when you look at Zappy moving forward, I think in, as this game progressed against Pittsburgh, I think a lot of the reason why I mentioned earlier, they had the they had the the foot on the gas in the first half of this game. The first 23 minutes of the game, they threw the ball 70% of the time. They came out slinging. They came out slinging. They came out throwing deep. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, opening drive, 37-yard gain on a deep throw. Hunter Henry, 24-yard touchdown pass on a deep throw, right? They came out throwing the ball down the field. And they took the foot off the gas. And when I, I look at, you know, the reasons why they did that, I think in a lot of ways, and Zappy said it yesterday when I asked him, you know, what do you, when you watch the film back, like what did you see in the second half that changed for you guys offensively? And he said it, w it was me. You know, I, I missed some reads. I got He mentioned that he got a little bit sped up, a little bit antsy in the pocket. I thought that's what happened on the interception was he's a little sped up, didn't yeah. let the play kind of develop and, and threw the ball too early. And, and all those types of things happened. And uh, they really, even on a good day for one of their quarterbacks, they really don't have a guy that can go four quarters. Like they don't have a guy that can play right. well for four quarters. And uh, I, I was intrigued by what Zappi gave them in the first half. Uh, he obviously played. That was when I watched the film back. That was the best play of quarterback play that they've had all year. Was the and first I think that was even going game. back to his starts last year. That was probably his most overall impressive performance, given who it was against the setting. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah. And it it was it was good. Uh, but in the final thirty seven minutes of the game, it was exactly the same right. as, as the rest of the the season for him, for the offense, for everything. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we do. I do want to talk about Malik Cunningham for a second. Okay. So, on the one hand, and I, you know, when this news broke, I think we were on the sh on air on Tuesday, and I kind of scoffed at it. And I was like, "Oh, you know, well, too bad. I guess he's gone now. Can't ask me fifty million questions about when they're going to play Malik Cunningham every single week." And I admit that was like selfish, right? Because yeah. it's, I, I, it just got annoying. There's only me. so many times you can answer the like, even. It, it, and you were somebody who wanted to see Malik Cunningham play. Yeah. There's only so many times you can answer a question before you just feel like you're repeating yourself and you're not doing right. your job. Right. So with Malik, 
I have always said, and you can vouch for me because a lot of people came at me when I had tweeted this and said, oh, well, that hindsight's 2020 and all right. this. I had said from the jump in May that they should have been working him at quarterback. No, you said from the beginning, you were all annoyed that we were talking about Malik Cunningham yes. and you said, why isn't he playing quarterback? Right. At Louisville, and I get he went undrafted, and people are going to say he stinks. He went undrafted. If he was any good at quarterback, he would have gotten drafted. But the point is, is that at Louisville, uh, he ran a very, very similar system there as Lamar Jackson did. It's a legit NFL pro-style dropback pass game that they run at Louisville. Now, they run a lot of early down, short yardage, all of the design quarterback runs and RPOs and, and stuff like that with the mobile quarterback. But when they get into third and eight, they run a legit drop back pass game with reads and, and checks and all the whole thing. And he did a pretty good job at it at Louisville. I mean, he, he put up numbers. I think he broke some of Lamar Jackson's like career records. At, yeah. I mean, at he Louisville. had two more years on him, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I thought the film back in May, I thought the film from Louisville at quarterback uh, was good enough to leave him at quarterback. And I think what happened was, is that they spent the, the spring and summer, especially for a rookie is all installation. It's all the foundation that you're laying for the season of the playbook, like what the co core concepts are, what your your staple plays are, and you're laying a foundation for the rest of the year so that that way you have this library of plays that you can just pluck from once you get into game planning and things like that. Malik, his foundation was laid as a wide receiver. Right. So once they d figured out... But not entirely. Sorry, continue, continue. Until a, until really, I, I'll make my point. Just, just until keep really the Houston preseason game, and then even then, when they got into some of the Malik stuff in in practice and training camp after Houston game, it was all designed quarterback runs. Like he never threw a pass, right? In like an actual eleven on eleven. The only practice that I remember him throwing passes in was when he was working the scout team. I think before one of the games that we had access right. to. And that's not the same thing. Like, he's running plays off of cards. He's not running the Patriots offense. He's not working at quarterback with the ones or anything like that. So he trained all offseason, all spring, all summer, all training camp as a wide receiver. Then we get into the season, and they start to realize four weeks in, five weeks in, oh, crap, you know, it's going south with Mac Jones. And now all of a sudden Malik Cunningham's in the quarterback room. And now they're trying to catch up Malik Cunningham on playing quarterback. So the, to answer the question to everybody of why Malik Cunningham never played for the Patriots outside of that Raider game, the answer to that question is because Malik Cunningham wasn't ready to play quarterback. He wasn't ready. He didn't have the, the foundation. He didn't have the coaching yet to play the position. If I'm the Patriots and I'm looking at second guesses, I'm not necessarily looking at the second guess being keeping Millie Cunningham on the practice squad and allowing the Ravens to poach him. I understand that that's a fair second guess, but right. my bigger second guess with them is that if they had worked him out at quarterbacks from May on, and he was always a quarterback here, would he have been a viable option come November? Would he have been ready to have a game day role once Mac Jones fully went South? And when they turned to Bailey Zappi or whatever the case may be, I, I don't think that Malik Cunningham is going to go on with the Baltimore Ravens and become this superstar quarterback. He's certainly not going to get the opportunity unless Lamar gets hurt. Well, being Lamar's backup, you generally get to start a game or two. <laughs> That's fair. That's not even a knock. Like He, yeah. he hasn't started a full season in three yeah. years. It's just yeah. the way he plays. But I don't I don't necessarily think that. But I, I do think for a team that is starving uh, for quarterback 
talent at that position. And we talked all last off season, Alex, about the Jalen Hurts model. Like, who is the Jalen right. Hurts? Uh, we Malik wasn't necessarily in that conversation during the draft. It was uh, Hennon Hooker. It was DTR. It was those guys. Yeah. Uh, but he was that at like a discounted price, and they just never really took him seriously as a quarterback and the Ravens that I think that's a big reason why he went to Baltimore they're looking at him as a quarterback they're not right. going to try to make him switch positions or anything like that so if there's a second guess to me it was that they basically rid him off as a quarterback as soon as he had, he stepped foot in the building and if you're going to go back I wonder if they would have let him fail at quarterback first and then try to change him to wide receiver instead of the other way around. Well, I think the the thing is, and this is, look, my whole takeaway on Malik Cunningham was they needed to decide what he was, and I don't think they ever did. Yeah. There was too much back and forth with wide receiver and quarterback, and you can't, it, it's hard enough to develop a player at one position, never mind two, especially one as complicated as quarterback. Yeah. So they needed to make up their mind. I think they probably looked at it, because everybody was calling about Edelman. Yeah. And, you know, they did this with Julian Edelman. They turned a college quarterback into receiver. He was really good. And what I kept bringing up at the time was it took four years before Julian Edelman was a true full-time contributing wide receiver. Yeah. His first three years. One year he caught like 30 passes. The other three he caught less than 10. And I think they wanted to jumpstart the process and get going with him. Yeah. And it's just burning four years on that guy when, like you said, you might need him at quarterback is certainly a decision. Yeah. And I just they needed to make up their mind. I think if they'd put him full-time at wide receiver, and if they'd put him full-time at wide receiver, maybe there was a chance. But again, it would have been this long-term thing. Putting him at quarterback probably wouldn't have played right away. But as a package play, even if Mac hadn't gone south, you have him as a package player late in the season, which is right. what we all thought he was going to be at least this year, like maybe he develops into a quarterback long-term, but we kept throwing out that like Taysom Hill role for him, right. which this team could have used. Yeah. That, that they never invested in that, to me, is wild. I don't... A lot of people are criticizing them for losing Malik Cunningham. Yeah. I don't, because I, that's not the issue. I criticize them for never taking him seriously. Right. I, I, yeah. with, with, with what their plan was for him doesn't really matter because it wasn't good there was no end game there it, it, it was, wasn't a good plan it was a long road to nothing yeah so they lost him big deal they were never going to figure him out the issue yeah. isn't that they lost him the issue is they never identified a plan and had a proper plan in place for him 100%. to begin with and i think that this is so just does just, speak to the bigger problem right? right and it goes back to what we talked about yeah. and this used to be something they were so good at this was the whole thing with bill He'd find a player, 30 other one teams missed on, okay, this guy can do this one thing. We're going to build a role into our scheme where we're going to emphasize him doing that one thing. And a lot of these players went on to be very successful, to be key parts of championship teams. The last few years, they've struggled with that. Yeah. It's not even that they've stopped doing it. It's gone the other way where where they've plugged players into the wrong spots. Yeah, and I would also say, you know, people mention Edelman I, I people always bring up Jacoby, but Jacoby was a receiver in college. So Jacoby, right? that, like, I, I was going to say Jacoby, Jacoby was came to NC State as a quarterback, but he switched to receiver as a sophomore in college. And it's still a long term process because he had two years in college as wide receiver. Yeah. Plus his rookie year in the NFL, he really didn't do much. That was yeah. another developmental 19, year. Yeah. He didn't he, really he, take he off until 2020. On, he started to come on late with Brady. Right. Yeah. But again, that's the point. Like this is not. They were never going to take Malik Cunningham, switch him to wide receiver, and have him contribute as a rookie. That kind of thing takes multiple years, takes three to four yeah. years, 
and they probably were open to being patient and seeing it out. That's Otherwise, why was he here? Yeah. Play, pre, playing wide receiver as much as he was. But that just... It might have worked. I don't know. It, it might have worked. This isn't a team that can burn an active roster spot on a guy on a four-year plan. Or a guy with offensive upside and, and ability as a as a mover, you know, as a as an athlete. I, I look at, like, Edelman, too, and I admit you know, I was – but he's drafted in 2010, right? So I was 15, 14, something like that. I was not breaking down film when Julian Edelman was drafted, right, is my point. But I, I remember watching – I still con- think it would be cool for you to go do, do, like, a feature like that, though, to go back and do that. Maybe someday. I said that on our last show, and we didn't have the rights to any of the footage, so yeah. we couldn't do it. Uh, looking back at like highlights of his from from yeah. Kent State, though, and in his college days, uh, Julian Edelman was not the quarterback that Malik Cunningham was. No, no, like, and I'm Ju- not saying he was, but but my point is, is that like using the Edelman comparison, Edelman was only going to be on an NFL roster if he switched positions. So I'm I'm just using it to say if you're going to move somebody from quarterback to wide receiver, this is what it takes. Right. That's my my point is less. I think he could have been a good quarterback here because maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. It's it, we're just it, this is what we do. We're coming at it from two different directions. We don't disagree. My point is more. Let's just take at face level. They viewed him as a receiver. Yeah, that's a four year plan. Right. That a team that doesn't have roster spots to burn would have had to burn a roster spot on to keep him for a player that probably didn't want to be on that plan. That's fair. I think that that's a big reason why he's not here anymore is because right. I think he got fed up with it. Right. And, and I totally right. So, and so. that's why that's why I'm not that upset that they lost him because I don't think it was going anywhere. Yeah. You know, if if he was playing quarterback and we saw, like, he gets elevated for these games, right, and he's making some plays as a package player and all that at the quarterback position, maybe he's playing a little receiver or whatever, but, like, he's impacting the game, and then they lost him, yeah, I'd be a little more, hey, why didn't he get a roster spot? Right. He wasn't doing anything. They had no interest in him doing anything. They had no interest so, in the player. I I, 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 got, I I don't think that they're looking at this as some huge loss, which maybe they shouldn't. But ultimately, the I think that the bottom line is is that they had really they had no interest in developing him at quarterback. They had no interest in in him as a player in in a big capacity. Right. And so they they never really took it seriously. Right. So that if if you want to be upset about it, be upset about that. Be upset that they never took Cunningham's development seriously, not that they lost him. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get to the calls, and we'll do three up, three down. Uh, Micah is in Delaware. What's up, Micah? Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to go back to what Evan was saying about, like, the Apple, you know, like, if you have a down year, you're not just going to, like, re, you know, reconfigure the whole business. And – and the way we've kind of been talking, and Evan, the way you've been talking about this team, it's less like it's Apple having a down year and more like it's Blockbuster after Netflix starts streaming. Right? It seems like the way that they – I don't want to belabor the, the metaphor. Like, no, I, do business it's a good metaphor. Yeah. Well, you always use like it's the iPhone calling the flip phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. So it's like why would we want to bring somebody back who was, who was a part of Blockbuster in its heyday to run – you know the the team in this new world that we're living in. Yeah, no that that that's a fair question, Mike, and it's a good comparison. Blockbuster and Netflix. Maybe we should start using that one. Thank you for the call. I I would just say that I don't think that that's what. Just to use Gerard Mayo as the example here, because it's just the easiest one. I don't really think that Gerard Mayo is a part of Blockbuster in this situation, right? I think what they would be hoping for is that Gerard Mayo is sort of 
that bridge to from blockbuster to streaming right so blockbuster doesn't go out of business because maybe they pivot to streaming right, right? so like, for instance netflix to extend the analogy yeah do you remember what netflix was at first yeah it was like you could it was like mail order right right you picked you you'd, you'd pick a movie online and yeah. I, I thought it was stupid because i want to watch the movie now i don't want to pick the movie online right. have to wait three days for it to show up somebody at netflix figured out hey what if instead of mailing people these movies, we figure out a way that they can just get them right on their TV immediately, like on demand? Yeah. That's who you hope Gerard Mayo is that guy. Right. You hope Gerard Mayo is the guy that takes you from mailing people movies that they have to wait three days to watch to, hey, you press a button on your remote and boom, Netflix. Right. So I think that that's the difference is that nobody's sitting here saying that they should go hire Romeo Cornell right. as their next head coach. We're saying that we're hoping that Gerard Mayo is somebody that is going to be what you you know just, right. just, just described. You want an offensive coach, Charlie Weiss, yes or no? No. Honestly, Charlie Weiss is Char- too awesome in the media. Charlie Weiss Jr. Oh, yeah, he's at Ole Miss, Yeah, right? is starting to kind of come up a little bit on the coaching circuit. Uh, we got one question from in the email about uh, Wes Welker uh, okay. coming on to the staff in the future. Maybe giving him an, a promotion, you know, OC role. He's wide receivers coach right now for uh, the Miami Dolphins. So he's doing, and he, before that, the Niners. So yeah. he's been doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, he's had a lot of talent, but yeah, he's doing a pretty good job. I, I, and you know, the emailer is right. You know, we've been pretty critical of of Troy Brown, and, yeah. and why not make that switch? Wes Welker is not going to be on Bill Belichick. No. <laughs> no, those two do not like each other. Uh, so if it's going, if Wes is going to be here. Is there a chance if Gerard's the head coach and he calls up his former teammate and says, hey, like, why don't you come run my offense? Like, is there a chance at that? I I suppose. But I I, I guess just from an organizational standpoint, I wonder where uh, the organization is with Wes Welker, if that makes sense. You know, he did not leave on the best of terms. And honestly, when he was here, he was not necessarily the best of guys from what I've heard. I didn't cover the team back then, but – uh, you know, I, I just I wonder where they feel what they feel about Wes Welker organizationally and if he's really somebody that they would turn to in, in a situation like this. I, I've i been a huge advocate of Wes Welker, the player here in yeah. New England. I know he didn't get the ring. I'm not doing the Edelman Welker debate right now. We could do that in the offseason, maybe. Uh, but he's a guy that I look at that probably should be in the team Hall of Fame because he basically leads every single receiving category besides Stanley Morgan. Uh, And he's not, and I think a lot of that is not just because he didn't win a ring. I think a lot of that is also because of how he handled himself at times when he was here. So I wonder where everybody stands on Wes Welker. Uh, Do you have a Wes Welker take? Not Wes Welker, but there's one more name I've been meaning to ask you about. Now just seems like as good a time as any since we're doing like, you know, late, or, or early 2010s slot receivers. Yeah. Brian Hartline. Yeah. I mean, I, he's done a great job at OSU, I, Ohio State, I should yeah. say, so people understand. I, I, I don't know. Like, he's one of those guys, too, that I wonder, like, how hard is it to be Marvin Harrison Jr.'s wide receiver coach? Now, he has taken guys that I would say, like, a JSN or, or, or someone like that who aren't so, quite as heralded. That's my point. His but, ability to go out and identify wide receiver talent, because not all of yeah, these that, guys. That, that might be a better way of looking at the it. The irony of it, you look at all the guys that have come through there in the recent years, uh, 
in terms of Ohio State and wide receivers, right? Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Chip, but Chris, uh, uh, Chris Olave, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Do you know who the highest ranked recruit Ohio State football has had as a wide receiver? No. It's a guy named Julian Fleming. Oh. Who's been there for like five years and just has never That's tough. gained any traction, right? It's yeah. really weird that yeah. everybody else, in, I mean, it goes back further, but everybody else is a stud. Yeah. And and look, these guys didn't come out of nowhere. A lot of them were, you know, four stars, you know, lower five stars, whatever. But his ability to identify wide receiver talent, get the most out of that talent. He's been their passing game coordinator the last couple of years. I don't understand how another college hasn't just offered him a bag as a head coach. Yeah. But that I do like the angle of him coming here, not just to coach up wide receivers, but also scout wide receivers. Right. You know, because he's obviously got an eye for it. And he's got an eye for development at that position as well, because it's not like, you know, Alave, Wilson, obviously uh, Marvin Harrison, like those guys are, are, are specimens. Like those right. guys are, are freaks, but JSN is not necessarily like an athletic freak. You know, he's, he's like a mid four fives guy, you know, he's not necessarily one of those types of guys. Uh, so he, I really do think that he has a good eye for development, a good uh, ability to develop the position, and a good eye for for evaluating the position and scouting the position. So in that respect, sure. Uh, I wonder if you know they do somehow pry Vrabel out of Tennessee. They have a connection that goes back. I mean, that would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's possible. All right, uh, Eddie is in L.A. What's up, Eddie? What's up, guys? Um, I like what you guys are hitting on right now. A new wide receiver coach. I feel like that's a huge need. And um, on the topic of wide receivers, so the two names, um, Key Higgins and Michael Pittman, and I would throw Mike Evans into the conversation, but I feel like Mike Evans, he's, like, up there in age. I feel like he's just, like, he wants to go to contender, you know, or if not, he's just going to want a huge bag, and I don't know if the Patriots will give him that. But between um, Michael Pittman and T. Higgins, who do you guys think is the better option, and which one is the cheaper option as well? I personally like Michael Pittman Jr. better. I, I don't know. I just think he's a better player. I think he's done more with less. And then one name I want to throw out there who was supposed to be kind of generational. I don't know if, like, you guys are interested in taking a stab if he's, like, worth a cheap uh, pick is uh, Kyle Pitts. I, I feel like I don't know if he's going to want to stay with the Falcons. I don't know if the Falcons still want him. But obviously he was supposed to be super talented, but it's not working out there. So I just want to know what you guys think of that. Have a good one. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for the call. Yeah, uh, in terms of uh, Higgins versus Pittman, I, 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 not to like disagree with Eddie, I guess, but I, I think Higgins is the better player. Yeah. I, I think everybody feels that way. Uh, but with with the the difference being is, in term, assuming that you have to win a bidding war for T Higgins, right? Would you rather pay T Higgins yes. twenty five million dollars yes. a year or Michael Pittman sixteen? Higgins, he's a better yeah, player, and, yeah. and they just—they have all this cap space. They don't need a nickel and dime. T. Higgins, much better player. Give me T. Higgins. I am probably more in on Mike Evans than others. I will say that. Their wide receivers do traditionally drop off after the age of thirty, but if you're going to draft a wide receiver high, not necessarily like Marvin Harrison Jr., but if you're going to go second round, Ad Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, guy like that, yeah, uh, Xavier Leggett, having and you're going to go quarterback in the first round. Having a true—I know T. Higgins is like a veteran, right? But yeah. having like a true veteran to be a, a, a captain of the offense, to be a, a leader of the offense yeah. with a lot of those younger players, you kind of hope Mike Evans is crazy. Like, I don't want to say bridge player because he's going to he's gonna be a 1,000-yard receiver. That's all he does. 
but kind of as that next wide receiver kind of emerges and maybe you go out and you take another wide receiver again in 2025, Evans is going to give you a true solidified number one while those other two guys kind of emerge and give your young quarterback a trusted veteran presence on the field. Yeah. I'm not saying he'd be my top option. I'd still rather have T. Higgins because I just think he's a better player. He has more good football ahead of him. A lot of people have just written Mike Evans off entirely. I am not in that camp. I would not be upset if they ended up with Mike Evans. I would. I'm out on Mike Evans. At some point at that age, with how many snaps he's played in the NFL, with how many years he's played in the league, it, it's he's going to decline at some point. Let's say they get him on like the DeAndre Hopkins contract. Oh, sure. Two-year front-loaded, yeah, and like more money. But that. like, let's say it's two-year front-loaded, you can get out of it, and they still use a premium asset in the draft. Not a first-round pick, but a premium asset on a wide receiver. Yeah, if you can get him for on a discount, that's one thing. Not even I'm, I, not, I'm not even I'm not saying paying, a discount. Because uh, he's going to be a straight-up free agent. Right. So I'm not paying market value for Mike so Evans. So I will pay, I'll pay him up front. I'm not giving him a long-term deal. But if they get him like three years where the last year is completely off the books and the second year is mostly off the books, I'll, I'll give him a bag. What else are they doing with that money? They have so much money to spend. Spending it on a better player. There really aren't that many better players unless you're going to go trade for somebody. Yeah, but they're but they're younger, better guys hitting their primes. Like if all right, Higgins. Not everything worked out in the 2021 free agency yeah. spree, but I think the one thing that they were smart about was that they took players that were in their prime years. Okay, so but, like, but they didn't pay for guys that let were me ask 31 you, years old. Who is going to be? But I, I'm kind of worried and just I'm worried about if they're going to draft a quarterback, getting that guy somebody he can count on. Yeah, that's T. Higgins. I, and I said I would take T. Higgins over Mike Evans. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. Who's going to be better in 2024, Mike Evans or Michael Pittman? I don't know. I don't know. I, I Mike Evans is getting up there. Mike Evans in 13 games this year. Keep in mind, he's still got a month to go. 62 yeah, catches. Uh, a thousand yard, no. ten touchdowns from Baker Mayfield. Doesn't Hopefully, you're going to have a better quarterback than about, Baker Mayfield. But it's not about what he's doing now; it's about what he's going to do next year and beyond. But my point: how he's not going. You think he's going to decline that much in one year? It's possible. I mean, guys do that. Generally, when guys do, do that, that, Evan, I've looked at this. Generally, when guys do that, it happens in their age thirty season. He's in his age thirty season right now. Okay, but when you look at like, let's take Gronk for example. Yeah, Gronk in 2017 was an All Pro. Like, one of the best players well, in the league. Well, he, in 2018, he was a shell of himself. He had significant like, injuries. And and, I, and my, eventually, the injuries are going to catch up to Mike Evans. If Mike Evans goes out and wrecks his ankle next week, I'll change my take. I would just much rather have a, a younger upside player. And I'm Much rather. You can get That's that in it. the draft. You can get that in the draft. They, not This team has a trouble getting that in the draft. Okay, but assuming it's somebody else making the pick maybe i still got to see what that somebody else does with it i still have to see how it works in the system that they're running like i i, I don't think that it's just a pure talent evaluation thing with their struggles at receiver i think that they it's a big part of it it's probably yeah. the biggest part but i think the system i think the development at that position i think the coaching at that position i think all of those things are concerns so if you're going to give isn't that o'brien and troy brown xavier worthy then i have I have fears but of what they're going to okay, do. Okay, so them. I would say everything you just said is all the more reason to get a guy that's truly established in a true pro, and a guy who's been through it and done it and doesn't How need coaching. How is T. Higgins not that? I, I said I want T. Higgins so over Mike is, Evans. So this is Mike Evans versus Michael Pittman is basically yes. what you're saying. Yes. All right, I, I like Michael Pittman a lot. I, I Michael Pittman's going to be a 1,000-yard guy. I, I think Michael Gardner Pittman Minshew. still has some growing to do. 
I I think Mike Evans, you know what you get. And that's what Old. you just said. That's what you know. No, but he's a he's a really good play. You, you don't need to coach Mike Evans. You tell him to go I out know. there. You tell him to run saying. his routes. Let me ask you a couple, real quick, a couple more. Because okay. there's this interesting trend now where all these receivers are very upset with their teams. A lot of star oh, receivers. Okay. Have you noticed this? Eh, not really. Uh, Devontae Adams, in or out? I'm in, uh, but I don't know. I I have a hard time to believing that they are going to convince Devontae Adams to come here. But obviously, Devontae Adams is a great player. DK Metcalf, all the way in. But I'm like with the cost. I'm saying with like let's say you have to give up like I would I would take DK in a heartbeat. AJ Brown. Oh, he's not leaving Philly. You don't think so? No. He's kind of upset. They got to no. pay Devontae Smith. No. Here's the thing about wide, and I'm not saying that you all those guys are going to leave. That I think is more likely to leave in that scenario. Devontae Smith. Okay, yeah. Devontae Smith. Yeah, hundred percent. Here's here's my. I thing. think that they're underutilizing Devontae Smith in Philly. Here's my thing about uh, you're, you're kind of right. Yeah. Here's my thing about wide receivers when it comes to the off season because we've talked about you know we know Evans is going to be a free agent Higgins. Can be a free agent Pittman like the why the free agent class doesn't maybe look as deep as you'd like. Yeah, at no position do star players become randomly available more than wide receiver. Tyree yeah. Kill wasn't available until like a week before he got traded. I say this all the time. AJ Brown was tra- so I'm saying like I'm looking around the league and you got the other one would be Stephon Diggs. The Bills aren't trading him here. That would have to no. be a whole. But like I look around the league, I see a lot of unhappy wide receivers. Yeah, and, uh, well, wide receivers are always unhappy when they're not getting the ball. They're all, right. they're, they're divas, and that's fine. Like I don't have anything. I'm not like anti wide receiver, like like you know Felger or something like that. Right, you know I'm not, Felger's like, come around on that. Okay, but the biggest thing is is that you mentioned the guy that I would go after is Devontae Smith. Is oh, well, I would Brandon Ayuk is the real guy I would okay. go after, but I, the Niners I think are gonna are gonna I think pay gonna Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Devontae Smith, I feel like is really underutilized in Philadelphia. They don't like use him like Alabama did where they're moving him all around the formation right, no, he's their and slot all, all this type of stuff. He plays in the slot, he plays the Z, and that's pretty much it. I think that Devontae Smith would be unlocked in a Bill O'Brien offense because O'Brien would use him how they did at Bama. They he'd use him in motion. They use him all different sort of, of stacks, bunches, get him off the line of scrimmage and just let him run routes, which is what he's great at. Right. I've always loved his game. I think they loved his game in the draft, the honestly. Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going into year four. Uh, he has the fifth year option, so they technically have two years of team control. Uh, but eventually, they're going to have to either pay him or trade him. It's the same conversation as as we have with T. Higgins, is right. just a year earlier. Um, or Jerry Judy, but with a yeah, better player. Right. Uh, right. He's basically just better. He's just better, Jerry Judy. Yeah. I, I, again, I I would just say with wide receiver, when I, I'm saying I like Evans because just. I don't love the free agent options. I don't. I, I'm not saying that they're all bad. Again, T. Higgins That's still my number guess. one, and I take Higgins. Yeah. I'm not ruling out that mystery receiver X becomes available. Right. And that, that, that's where I'm at too. Is when just, that does happen, the Patriots need to be players. In every that. off last last year was probably the quietest year when it comes to wide receiver movement. Like Hopkins was kind of the it was only, Hopkins and Judy. Yeah, those the guys. but Judy like well, no one wanted Judy. Well, Hopkins was really the guy that came available, uh, but. But the last like five years before that, right? It's AJ Brown, it's Tyree Kill, it's Stephon Diggs. Like yeah. there was huge movement at that position in the trade market. So I'm with you that that's where they should be looking first and foremost is who's the star wide receiver that's better than the free agents that is going right. to be moved because of contract, because of situation. And I just wonder with Devonte Smith, like that Eagles team, they're great at drafting. They're a wagon. 
like if they were to trade Devonte Smith and then just draft Xavier Worthy or you know a dra- right. like would it be that much worse for them in terms of the re- drafting the replacement I guess what I wonder is I think Smith gets along with Hertz better than Brown does yeah. Brown has that big contract you could unload I just think he's a better player He is a better player but if the if they go to Jalen Hurts and say we can only keep one, who's Jalen Hurts going to tell them to take to keep? I I mean I I would think AJ Brown. I would think Devonte Smith. See, but like if you're putting your personal stuff like then that's but, a, then don't ask the quarterback. <laughs> like, but he, like he's just a much better player. I, I, it if if I had told you two years ago the Titans were going to trade AJ Brown, you would have said no way. By the way, right. remember when everybody told us DeAndre Hopkins was old and washed? Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We don't have to take that victory. Ah, all right. Uh, Mark is in Connecticut. What's up, Mark? going on today guys not much how you doing not bad so i'm just i'm really ticked off about the whole malik cunningham thing because he was obviously underutilized i think he's going to tear it up at baltimore if he gets a chance i think he's going to be a good talent that phil just didn't know what to do with and what i don't understand is i think that you can protect up to three or four players on the practice squad so evan why didn't he protect malik cunningham so that he can continue developing him yeah and then uh do you think uh pop douglas will be uh good to go this weekend yeah that's a fair question thanks for the call mark do they still do practice squad protections you can the patriots have never done it no team does it they never do it uh they've they i don't think they've ever protected a guy on the practice squad and since that rule came but you know what in covid no and no team's done it i think since 2020 yeah because they don't want other teams to know which players they really want. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just it's kind of a slight on the player, kind of ham hamstrings yeah. the player. You're not paying him a 53-man ro- roster salary, but he also can't go anywhere on a 53-man roster. Uh, but they've never done that, uh, to my knowledge at least, That I and I'm pretty sure I'd remember if they had ever. And I think that no, was, they never have. That, that's a COVID rule uh, that came into place, I believe, in the 2020 season, or maybe it was the, the CBA of renewal. I, I don't know which one. Uh, those two things kind of blended together. Uh, but regardless, uh, it, I guess it's a fair sort of question, but I think it comes back to uh, what we were talking about earlier with Malik Alex. I just don't think they cared. I just don't, right. I just don't think they cared. And I, I completely agree with Mark, though, that, that the development there was was messed up. Like, they, they did not – under, I don't think it's that they didn't understand how to uh, how to use him because I I think Bill O'Brien uh, has had enough experience with mobile quarterbacks. You know, Watson like Bryce Young is not like Lamar Jackson, but like he can you know he moved a right. little bit, moves around a little bit at Bama. Like I think that he had enough of that that he would know what to do with Malik Cunningham when he was in the game. Uh, but I just don't think that they really had much interest in in that whole thing in the whole the whole thing. Which I think is just shocking to me uh, because you mentioned, you know, Taysom Hill earlier. Yeah, that seems like such a Belichick. Thing. Bills loved. I, I've I've re- I write about this every year going into the draft that Bill raved before the Falcons game in twenty twenty one that Thursday night game. Yeah, raved about Felipe Franks. Oh right, I remember playing that. tight end and covering kicks, and he mentioned Taysom Hill in that answer, and he really sounded like he wanted one of those guys. Yeah, I remember and that. he just never has. By the way, it's DK Metcalf's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. One of my one of my favorite players. All right, let's 26. do let's do three up, three down real quick. Um we haven't really talked too much about the current Patriots, so that that that's good. <laughs> uh I'll start uh with my ups. Uh yeah. number one up in this game, 
I, I got to hand it to Zeke Elliott, number yep. one. Up I was actually going to put mine in order this week because I want to give him player wow. of the game. Wow, look at you actually doing the assignment. Uh, Zeke Elliott, number you one up. usually take most of mine anyway. Uh, 140 yards from scrimmage, uh, played all but five offensive snaps in this game. Huge factor in uh, the pass game. I thought uh, the run game, I, I didn't really like how they schemed up the run game with those tackle pulls and things like that. TJ Watt just blowing up the run game every two seconds, but – I thought he ran, grinded out some really tough yards in this game that they didn't have great blocking in, right. in the run game, I guess, is, as I jumble through my words here. I didn't have great blocking in the run game, but still churned out some positive yards on a lot of runs. Uh, passing game, like I mentioned, was phenomenal in this game. A touchdown, uh, all of it was just a, a professional uh, pros pro type of performance and, and I'll give him kudos for the tackle too I'm not as like Thanks. high and, and all like hot and bothered about the tackle as other people are but uh, he did make that tackle on the interception too uh, just in general I I've really really enjoyed the Zeke Elliott experience I he is not I had no idea the type of guy that he was beforehand no idea but if I had to venture a guess, I didn't expect him to be as personable and as fun and as, as, as good of a guy as he actually is. Not because I thought he was a bad guy. I just didn't know. Right. And uh, I, I've been really enjoying his experience. I hope he's back next year. Uh, I think he's a really uh, a pro's pro. Like he's one of those guys that easily at this point of the season on a three and 10 team could be like, I'm not under contract next year. I play a position that people care about wear and tear. I don't like I put Kevin Harris right. out there and he's he's not he, said yes. I hope they wear me out. Yeah. Right. Hope they use me up. Uh, yeah. He's a guy that would have fit so perfect on one of those like dynasty teams. Oh, yeah. Just the, the attitude of all of it. Yeah. Uh, you, you hit on all of it. He was so good in this game uh, playing with a ton of effort. He, he looks like he did in Dallas. There's not yeah. a ton of rust on him. Um, and yeah, I think he's he's handled this season tremendously. I think he's a guy that other players in the locker room respond to. I hope he's back as well, but he when I say he's going to get paid, I don't mean he's going to get like $20 million a year, but right. like relative to running backs, I don't think the page, this can be one of those things where the Patriots just like wait until May and then call yeah. him and sign him for like a year, 2 million. No, they're going to be teams contending teams that want Ezekiel Elliott based off what he showed this year. I agree. All right. So that was our, both of our number one ups. Yep. Uh, who's number two. Probably the same. Uh, Anthony Jennings. Yeah. 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 He's on my list. He, he was awesome in this game. If you yeah. followed us during the draft, you know how much we both liked Darnell Washington. Yeah. Big, physical, basically a tackle-playing tight end, and Anthony Jennings treated him like wrapping paper. Like a blocking sled. Just tossed him yeah. to the side. They kept trying to run that stretch run behind him, and Anthony Jennings was having none of it. Yeah. Another tremendous game for him, and I, I feel like I'm saying it every week now. That's a guy that's got to get a new contract. That's a guy that you have to bring back. I would argue, and I'm not saying pay, he's worth more like money-wise, dollars-wise, but I would he would be the— between him and, and Uche, he would be the first call I make to get a new contract done. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's uh, third in among edge defenders in run stuffs right now. Only uh, Carl Granderson and Max Crosby have more run stuffs among edge guys in the NFL this year. And that's with him not playing the first couple games of the year. Remember, he was inactive until Judon got hurt, basically, like in, until the Cowboys game. And uh, he's been phenomenal uh, playing the run. Uh, good contain edge guy, like not necessarily a pressure guy in the passing game, but he doesn't let the quarterback out of the pocket to his side very often. Uh, just a physical, uh, smart, uh, good awareness type player at the end of the line. I, I was asking around about him uh, during the assistant calls on Tuesday, and uh, Gerard Mayo said that 
he had started, remember, in, in 2020 in the COVID year as an off-the-ball linebacker. Right. And he, he really kind of – Mayo put it on the coaching staff. He was like, it's kind of our fault. Like, we played him out of position. He didn't play very well. In 2021, he was on IR the entire year. And then in last year, uh, we put him back on the line. We got him in his in the right position in our defense. And he had a pretty good year last year, and they kind of saw him coming on last year. And then this year with the more opportunity, we've just noticed him more, you know, with more opportunities. And uh, he's been phenomenal uh, really since Judon went out. And I, I, I don't think that it's a coincidence that – uh, they're number one in the in the league in pretty much every statistical category against the run with Anthony Jennings playing as much as he is and as well as he is. They're number one in the league in every category against the run. Yards per carry, success rate, EPA, DVOA, like whatever you want to use, uh, they are number one in the league in it and against the run, and I, I, he's a big, big reason why. Uh, yeah, so Anthony Jennings excellent. deserves uh, the praise. Well, who's next? Uh, my third was uh, Steven Gerrard. I thought that the the stuff they did schematically on a short week coming in with the game plan they did there were a ton of new wrinkles in there I think they they did a really good job of putting certain guys in position to make plays Jennings on the edge I thought Jabril Peppers usage was excellent in this game yeah. I I just I thought they had a in people say how hard is it to game plan for Mitchell Trubisky yet a guy who hasn't started a game yet this year short week to prepare for it that was not the easiest. It wasn't the hardest week to game plan, but it was hardly the easiest week to come up with a defensive game plan. And it's not just like their defensive game plan was good. Dare I say it was near perfect. Yeah. Uh, I There were very few plays where I was like, well, I, you know, you couldn't tell. Even if it didn't work, you couldn't tell what the intention was behind it or you couldn't tell what the purpose was behind it or anything like that. The, the one I really loved, and I think they've done it a few times throughout the year, but they really went heavy on it this year. And I, I it, it was really cool. Yeah. Is they put... Christian Barmore, who, of course, is grandfathered into the ups. We said yeah. we just don't talk about him anymore because yeah. it's obvious. Yeah. They'd put Barmore and Keon White as the two down linemen yeah. and rush them and then just pull. And then it would be like there'd be no other linebackers on the field. Maybe yeah. Bentley would be out there, but it'd be pretty much all corners and safeties and just pull two guys out of the secondary and rush them with those two. Yeah. And that led to a sack for, for Kyle Duggar. Yeah. That would, they ran it a bunch on third downs. That was the yeah. look that led to the interception. Yeah. Just, you could tell Trubisky did not know what he was looking at. I'm not sure how much application that look has against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Just a very different kind of quarterback. But when you go down the stretch here, a few more games and, and it's something to bring back next year, super fun look. And, uh, they definitely got their money's worth with it. Yeah, that that's fair. I I thought the the one nitpick I just had was uh, on the a touchdown to Deontay Johnson, like cover zero in that situation was a little aggressive. Uh, it was like second and five. And eh, make Mitch Trubisky make the throw. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, exactly. Like make him sit there and make a throw. I I thought they bailed him out a little bit on that call, but in general, I I think that they that Steve has called a good game you know this season you know he's caught a good season of defense and yeah uh, they, they've been good on that side of the ball uh, my, my last up was Bailey Zappi uh, I just think that their quarterback play has been so terrible uh, to have it be really really good for 23 minutes and then kind of like at least average I guess in the last uh, uh, you know part of the game there I, I, I the interception I thought was, was his really only truly bad play and there's a couple of felt other, like a little bit of a heat check yeah there's a couple of other plays there here and there where he's uh, missing reads a little bit you know 
for for whatever reason he maybe it's trying to coach the Matt Patricia out of him. Uh, he keeps on throwing those goal balls down the sideline. He threw one to Tyquan Thornton where he just had both. They had like crossers going in the middle of the field with the vertical on the outside. He had both crossers wide open in the middle of the field. Never looked at never looked at him. Just hit the back of the drop and chucked it to Tyquan. You know that type of stuff. I think he needs to get out of his system. But the 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 progress that he has made as and I use this term loosely as like a field general at the line of yeah. scrimmage and checking in and out of things and alerting things and you know they were going in this game like they were uh, going heavy you know too tight end they were starting under center and if he got the look they were like expanding to empty like they haven't done that kind of stuff in in years because they haven't right. been able to uh, so where he was in the summer in terms of uh, his grasp of the offense and where he is now to be able to, uh, you know, alert to the Juju Smith-Schuster play on the opening drive to do the empty stuff and, and the you know, kind of be condensed and then break it out and all that. To do all that kind of stuff at this point, I, I think, shows how much growth he has made in the offense. And uh, he's giving them at least this past week, he gave them winning quarterback play, which they haven't had in probably sounds, six weeks. Sounds like somebody's got a little touch of happy fever. No, because the bar is on the floor. Like, it, ah, you it, sound pretty excited. No, no, the bar is on the floor. And I, I, I just feel like I've been critical of Bailey Zappi in the past, so I, I might as well. He plays a little, a little touch of the fever. No. A little touch, a little bit. Like, as like our Tyler Huntley or, what you know, our t- Taylor Heineke. You sound a little excited. Sure. Like as the backup quarterback next year, fine. You know, depending on who the starter, the type of player the right. starter is. That's another thing too. Just like really quickly that I I forgot to mention. What if Jaden Daniels is the quarterback here next year, and they had Malik Cunningham? Yeah, that would have been kind of perfect. Jeez, what 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 a what? Well, a, I mean, they. I wouldn't say. Look, no disrespect to Malik Cunningham. You can. There will be other guys with that skill set that you can get. Yeah, I know, but it would have made it like. It's it's so they, that's what the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson. That's true. Yeah, like it just that's the whole thing. All right, uh, downs. Uh, number one down uh, for me in this game. I, I like J.C. Jackson, but my my goodness, like J.C. Jackson has just been awful for this yeah. team since he's come back. He really has just been awful. I, I thought this week and last week uh, he wasn't. At least he wasn't like playing a different coverage than the rest of the defense, or like randomly just letting a guy, you know, loose and busting a coverage left and right. You know, like that wasn't happening as much. But uh, two DPIs is two DPIs. I think the one in the end zone was a little ticky tacky, but they called it. So two DB t- two DPIs. The the touchdown he gave up, he played the ball terribly. You know, just terribly uh, tracking the football there. I think what's so disappointing about uh, how JC has played is the touchdown that he gave up to Deontay Johnson. That used to be vintage J.C. Jackson. So that that's right? why I have less trouble with the cover zero. You call that play because you have a corner. You think you have a corner like J.C. Jackson on the outside. That used to be their bread and butter. He used to track that ball like a wide receiver. Right, so that's my now point. His, it's all, his whole calibration on that is all thrown Is off. that on Steven Gerrard for calling the play, or is that on J.C. Jackson? Well, for, that's a play know. I think they you expect J.C. Jackson to make. You got to know. You got He's not the same guy anymore. I don't think that he doesn't run as well anymore. Uh, I think he's starting to get that back because I know the knee injury. Yeah. Some people are questioning whether or not he can run. On film, it, it looks like he's he can move still, 
I just think that he's totally detached from everything that's going on. And I don't just think it's because they're three and 10. Like he was like this with the chargers too. Right. So I think that he's just totally detached. Uh, he's one of those guys that ultimately got paid and now has just completely fallen off. And that happens sometimes. And uh, if you're looking at this cornerback room next year, I have no clue what, how JC Jackson is involved in this corner. I, I can't imagine year. he is. No, he's been horrible, which corner still a need. Just, yeah. just gonna we're gonna get ahead yeah. of that for the draft. Right. Still a decent. What do you need. got? Uh, J.C. Jackson was another one of mine. Again, yeah. just hasn't been good. This was another game where that's a that's a textbook play you expect him to make. He didn't. Yeah, I, I feel bad about this one, but I have to. Ty Montgomery. Yeah, he's I get it. he got cut. <laughs> I get it. But like they 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 are done just, with Ty Montgomery. Just yeah. bullied. Just yeah. bullied off that play. So when I I, I have, another player by the way, I don't think they used right. Yeah, because you know he, it's funny because. So one of those like empty things I was talking about, yeah. he, he caught a pass for 17 yards in this game. He beat a linebacker on a little juke route and caught a pass for 17 yards, which I feel like is where he has shown flashes is like as a route runner out of the backfield or if you can get him that matchup in the slot on a linebacker or something like that. He has shown potential there. But on top of allowing the block punt, he also dropped a pass along the sideline that was catchable. But the block punt... I don't watch the special teams tape back all that often, but when something really bad like that yeah. happens, I watch it back. And I, at first, you know, norm nine times out of 10, when a, a punt gets blocked, it's because of some sort of assignment breakdown, right? Like you just don't pick up the guy properly. Right. They had this pick up fine. It was a standard rush. It wasn't like Pittsburgh did anything super exotic or anything like that. He just got bullied as the wing on the, on the end of the line got replaced in-game by Kyle Duggar in that role, and then gets cut the next day. A really tough, tough game for Ty Montgomery. Uh, who's your third one? I We don't usually do this, but this was so egregious. Yeah. Eddie Faulkner. What? Steelers offense coordinator. <laughs> what? At the end of that game. Uh, this is so random. You okay. have third and two. Yeah. With This is for all the people who want to see the Patriots tank, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Third and two. Yeah. With two oh six to go. Yeah, it's fourth and two, wasn't it? Well, no. First, you were third and two. Oh boy. With two oh six to go, and he threw it. The clock is going to stop. Yeah. You have look. I know a lot of people think Najee Harris was overdrafted. I know people yeah. say he hasn't lived. He's a good power back. You yeah. need two yards. Najee Harris will get you two yards. The clock is going to stop either way. You do not need to play the clock. Third and two for midfield, and you throw it deep with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Why? 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 It, it, it always one of his downs gets him fired up. Like and this. then it's always one. The next play, like you said, fourth and two. Okay, yeah. you still you yeah. now have to play the clock again. But you're at the fifty. You don't need to go that much further. You only need a field goal. The the fourth and two play. Actually, no, sorry, they did. They still didn't need to play the clock. I had it wrong. There's two oh one left to yeah. go. You yeah. run the ball. They threw it and it was incomplete. right. You run the ball. You get the two minute warning. Both passes, deep passes. Yeah, f- fourth and two. Uh, just the the design of the play was so elementary it was so bad like they so they had they had two go routes on the outside and they had like a little underneath route but the little underneath route was was a was a rinky dink route it it, wasn't even like it wasn't an option it it was just a terrible and i realized i forgot another down so i'll say it after this i I realized i skipped one but you know how how hot and bothered i get about situational football i love this kind of thing third and two game on the line fourth and game how do you manage it no not like that that's not how you manage it that was something uh, my other down was the uh, 2022 second-round wide receiver class. Tyquan Thornton, 
and you know how you know you know my take on this yeah. with like the, the the second guess is not George Pickens over Tyquan Thornton. The second guess is Christian Watson over Cole Strange, and you get the guard later. Yeah. Uh, neither guy really showed up. Tyquan Thornton, three catches, 17 yards. George Pickens, five catches for 19 yards. Almost an impressive lack of uh, yards per reception. Jeez. I mean, George Pickens is a usage like quarterback problem, I think, more than It's anything. a little more net. He he quits on some plays. Yeah. He if does. he knows the ball is not coming to him, he does not play. That's fair. Um, my last one was City So. Just... Just because two sacks allowed is two sacks allowed. Yeah, it wasn't uh, his best game. Yeah, I. How about Michael Nwenu though having a bounce back? He was Should he was good. That. Yeah, he was good. And uh, Cole Strange was good in this game too. I almost had him on the ups honestly because the, as a whole the offensive line you played like, all right. You kind of like Cole Strange now. I'm I'm turn, I'm coming around on it. I'm coming around on it. Like it was never because this is the whole thing, Alex. The the take was never about Cole Strange. Right. The take was about taking a guard in the first round in a, on a, on a rebuilding roster, right? Like it was right. never about Cole specifically. And it's only been two games. So, you know, the, uh, was it three weeks ago against the giants? Right. Yeah. Uh, three weeks ago against the giants, he was not good. It was, it was another bad, you know, bad game. And I think this is what happens with him though. A little bit is that he, he's, a, he rides the roller coaster a little bit too much and he's got to be consistent. But uh, last week I, I didn't want to crown him yet because the chargers interior defensive line kind of stinks. Like they didn't really yeah. have any great players there. Uh, the Steelers do the like Cam Hayward, right. uh, Joby, like those guys can yeah. play. I uh, allowed one hurry in this game was, is really solid uh, city. So uh, it's line movement. It's rookie stuff. And his film in, on in general, on the whole, is still uh, promising for a young player. He just has rookie mistakes. He has brain farts, and I'm not going to get on him too much for it because he's a he's a first yeah. year player. Uh, but I, I still like the traits. I still think are translating to the NFL level, uh, mainly the play strength. I still think he's strong enough. I still think he's got good enough feet uh, to play guard in the NFL. Uh, he's just seeing things for the first time that he's never seen before and, right. and adjusting to the NFL game. So I'm not like out on city. So, but this was a, a down game for him. Yeah. Uh, Brady in, uh, I don't know where he is. Uh, wants to tell me that Devonte Adams and Mike Evans are the same age. Uh, yeah. Uh, Devonte Adams is just better than Mike Evans. Uh, that that's all. Um, but yes, that, that is true. That, Devontae Adams and, and Mike Evans are both in the in the older category. Can I give you one receiver I don't want? Since I just said I want like every wide receiver. Somebody asked me about this the other day. Yeah. Cooper Cup. You don't want Cooper no. Cup? Oh, he's a good player. He's 32. He's been injured the last two years. Yeah, he is older because he's in college. I mean, I look, I would take Cooper Cup as like to be like Adam Thielen yeah. in Carolina, but who's your DJ Moore? Yeah. Cooper Cup does not solve all the Patriots wide receiver issues. That's that's fine. He would have like three years ago. Oh, right? yeah. No, I'm not saying he was a great player in his prime. But. And also, like, that was a player again. And not to, like, do this whole thing. I, I kind of hate doing this, honestly. But, like, how they didn't draft Cooper Cup is, is literally beyond me. Like, he was such a prototypical Patriot. Like, you didn't have to overdraft him at the position, which they hate wide receivers. So, you didn't have to draft him in the first round. Uh, he was a great route runner in college, huge production. Like he was exactly what the Patriots always go for. Uh, right. And, and they, they just missed on it. All right. They did end up with his uh, teammate though. Which one? Kendrick Bourne. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, I'm hesitant to, to answer this call, but uh, Nick, Nick, what's going on? Okay. Hello. Hey. Uh, I'm a little bit rusty. So, I'm, uh, Matt, you should inform me. Uh, Here's Nick Baby Love. Anyway, oh, I don't need a nickname. <laughs> you know who I am? 
M- Matt does. I don't think you've ever called when I've been on the show. No, no. Like I said, well, I enjoyed it. All I want to say is, um, you know, very simply, and I'm old school. I know everybody, so just uh, you can Google Nick Baby Love, but uh, I know everybody from Sosie to Fred to Paul Perillo, whatever. And so I've enjoyed the show. I just uh, haven't been able to call for a while, but I just want to comment uh, about Belichick. Um, I'm with him all the way. So Belichick goes. I, I get the most followers of anybody, any Patriot, um, you know, figure. If you want to call me the leader of Patriots Nation, whatever, um, they got a problem. You know what I mean? I just think Belichick, is in the right to uh, finish out what he wants to do and leave when he wants. Anyway, thank you for uh, putting me on. No problem, Nick. Thanks for the call. I, I, if they weren't three and ten, and and it wasn't like I agree with some of the things that he just said. Like I, I do think that, like I do think that Belichick's earned a lot here. I do think that we need to treat him differently than we yeah. would treat a normal coach. So part of that current report, he said part of the reason he hasn't been – Bill wasn't fired in season was respect. I, have I agree. No, people were mad about that. I have no problem with that. Now, I think another part of the reason he wasn't fired in season is if they want to trade him, they have to wait till the end of the year. And they'll put up with a few more games of this team if it means they get another top 50 draft pick. But this isn't, you know, the Red Sox firing high and bloom. That's just the first one that comes to mind, right? right. This is – yeah, it's own, and I've said this word. Bill Belichick will never be fired. Whatever it ends up looking like, Bill Belichick will never be fired It'll by be the New England Patriots. Parting of ways, parting of ways, retirement, trade. Like yeah, at, at 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 most a retirement. Yeah, I. It's tough, and um, you know we we've talked about this a little bit off the air, but you also have the Brady thing in June. <laughs> you, there's a lot like he he's so attached to the organization forever. That how you plan out the egg. I don't envy the crafts at all about planning out an exit strategy here because old, like the best case scenario, even if they didn't win again with right. Bill, he breaks Shula's record and then he retires at the end of that season and rides off into the sunset. Right. right? That was the best case scenario, but he's going to need a couple more years to break Shula's record and they're three and 10. Like it's if they were eight and nine again, like they were last year, and you wanted to make the argument that that Nick just made that we should just hang on to him and let him play out the string, he'll break Shula's record in in two years, and then we'll move on. I guess like I could feel that just because of who he is, right? And just because he's Bill Belichick and he's won six Super Bowls with this organization, and he is going to be tied to this organization for the rest of the time. Like it, it, but at the same time. It, it it's a what from what have you done for me lately world it, it just is it, it's a it's, business it's, it's cold, a really cold, tough, cold it's really world. is tough all right <clears throat> excuse me let's talk a little bit about the chiefs um we have, we have a couple more calls but uh let's talk a, we a take li- the calls uh, well, we have one more call he just called it it's fine right. uh let's talk a little bit about the chiefs and uh in this game on sunday and uh, I'm going to try really hard to not drop any Taylor Swift references to send you into a frenzy. I'm not. But uh, the, the Chiefs are trying to shake it off uh, this week. Is this how you feel uh, listening to me talk all the time? 
Because I understand how <laughs> that was the only you get one. That was the only one. I pro- why? Did, okay, just really quickly. Like, why? Why does this? For, for, why does this grind your gears so much? Like, why? Because you won't You're, have fun you, about no, 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 anything. No, 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 not not about me, but like it, it, in general. This this whole thing grinds your gears in general. It's not just a me thing. Because I everything that's fun throughout the year, I have to hear you complain about. And now we get to this. But, no. And suddenly you're you're like, that's, let's have a good time with that, this. That's. That's not. I don't fair. care if people want to talk about Taylor Swift. Yes, I care you that you want to talk yeah, about you, Taylor yesterday Swift. Yesterday at Bailey Zappi's press conference, you were in a tiff about it, and I had. I even was not in a tiff about it. That's uh, not you, true. You texted me and said this week is going to stink. What do you mean? That's not true. It was a little bit much with Bailey. You Zappi. need to calm down. He was uncomfortable. Right? <laughs> he was. Bill O'Brien Bill, said the other day he was. Bill O'Brien was more uncomfortable. He, Bill O'Brien was very uncomfortable. But so now all of a sudden you want to have fun. You won't have fun with any of the other stuff. I'm a Swiftie. For every Taylor say? Swift reference you make, you should have to watch a play of Blake Corum tape. I, I I'm a Swiftie. You know this. You no, know. You and know I'm a that. college football fan. That's fine. And that's fine. Uh, but uh, I like okay. Remember when she performed here over the summer? Why, you why had you gotta us, be so mean? You had us do our top <laughs> Taylor Swift songs, yeah. and I I said ready for it because it was the ESPN college football theme in 2019. You could not have been more annoyed by that answer. Yeah, that was a terrible answer. How's this any different? Because a, a combination of the reason behind it and also ready for it is like not even in the top ten. It's good. It is a good song. Are you ready for this game though? Yeah. I guess. All right. I don't know. This is annoying. I know I'm uncomfortable. I, now, now I'm just doing. There's a certain there's a certain order to the universe, and I feel like it's been broken by you suddenly having all this fun. I'm uncomfortable. You're, you're very delicate about this right now. No, I don't like. I'm nervous that you're. Ha- it's making me nervous. How much fun you're having? I don't know what to do with this. I mean, at some point, like at three and ten, you gotta like find some some happiness and fun and something. Apparently, I've been trying to do that for months, and you've had none of it. Oh, man. Well, you thought it was too much that I picked the Steelers offensive coordinator for a down. That was too far off the tracks for you. It was a little off the tracks. But this is like whatever. Yeah, it's, it's right. fine. I, 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 just stay on your side I'm of the uncomfortable. street. I'm right, uncomfortable. Is right. that another song? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Uh, so we're, we're not – we're going to move on. For, there's so many people in our YouTube comments to our show yesterday, of uh, our PU show yesterday, yeah. so annoyed – that we would even utter the name Taylor Swift on on the show, just like why are you talking about her? Nobody care. Okay, so you really care about this game on Sunday? Just like, let me I'm know sorry. she's ringing the bell. That I don't know. Okay, but they're not gonna like she's she's not gonna. I know she's not gonna ring the bell, no, but like she's if she coming ring- as a representative of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's so that's like, what I'm wondering if they because like when they play like Bon Jovi, right? They show yeah, them yeah. up there. Like, are they gonna show her and she's gonna be like, what, I don't go know Chiefs? Or, I don't know because they're gonna play her song if she's here. I'd imagine. I would think so. I mean, they probably play her song like a song. They usually the play any, Taylor Swift anyway. Yeah, yeah played at Army some, Navy at some point. Um, getting into this game, you missed a good time at Army Navy, by the way. Eh, did I? Yes. Oh my God. Yes, you did. All right, I just you needed sure that. that? I I, you I sure needed that? I needed that reaction to just restore some balance. <laughs> uh, talking about this game a little bit, uh, clearly two things. One, uh, it, it clearly behooves the Patriots to lose. <laughs> like, let's be honest, uh, they, they shouldn't be uh, going on some sort of winning streak to end this season. Well, they shouldn't. Okay, I'm not saying they should. I don't want the players and the coaches thinking that way. No, they, because no. if and the players won't, because they have to put good film out. And right, like, you know that's you thing. don't want losing to be habitual. I can sit here and fully say that yes, for draft positioning they should lose. Yeah, but 
you start letting that culture get in the locker room, all of a sudden it's 20 years later, it's never gotten out. That's happened yeah. to many franchises. So let me Cle- just say that. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, right. no, no, that's that's totally fair. Uh, but uh, the second thing that I, I wanted to say is I, I am interested in this game from a Chiefs angle a little bit. Uh, that, yeah. The, you know, the, the bigger national story, besides Taylor Swift, the bigger national story here is – are are the Chiefs even a Super Bowl contender? Right, like you know, and they are because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But like the Chiefs and their slump that they're in yeah. right now, they've lost three out of four. They've lost back to back games, and one of them was to the Packers, who are an okay team, but it's yeah. not like they're a great team. And one of them was to Buffalo, who is not a very good team. Yeah, right. I'm now, just gonna say it: not a very good team. So, what's going on with Kansas City is the national story in this game. For sure, they got a little touch of the uh, the Patriots offense going on. They have uh, they have what I would say offensively is uh, predictability. Like they're they don't have a whole lot in their bag right now um, that they execute well. And situationally, uh, they're very predictable. Like first down is an RPO down, second yeah. down is a shot play down, third down is you know they have situational concepts to Kelsey. Like they're very very predictable on all three downs. They're pre- you know in teams like I thought. You know, watch back the Green Bay game and the Buffalo game. Uh, the Green Bay game, Joe uh, Barry, their defensive coordinator, who's under a lot of fire, like not having a great year, right. honestly. And uh, I, he just had the button to push in every situation against them because they just do what they do situationally. And not only do I think it's a combination, certainly, of everybody but Kelsey on that team. is yeah. Rasheed Rice, I think, is a, a promising rookie, but he's – it's got a, a long way to go. Skymore has been kind of a disaster of yeah. a pick. Uh, you know, a lot of Darius Tony. Yeah, Kadarius Tony has been a disaster, not just a disaster of a pick, but just a disaster. And a lot of those things, I think, are 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 contributing. I also wonder how much uh, you know is Eric Bieniemy not being. So in I was going to say they, they miss Eric Bieniemy a lot. I think they do. I think they it, do as well. You know, we talk a lot about these quarterbacks missing their offensive coordinators. Patrick yeah. Mahomes not immune to it. No, I mean obviously, even, I, I think sorry. Andy Reid is probably the best ar- offensive architect. I would say maybe even in the history of the game, even but. for a team with an offensive coach like Andy Reid, yeah. losing the offensive coordinator, tough on the quarterback, tough on yeah. the offense. I just think that Bienemy was a combination of I think what, and this is sort of what I envy about the Chiefs and envy about Andy Reid uh, with, with just looking at his style and versus Bills. Andy Reid's got uh, Spags coaching the defense, who's awesome. Steve Spagnolo, their defensive coordinator, is 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 a great great coach. He's got the defense covered, and they're really good on defense. And we can talk about that a little bit. Offensively, the last couple of years, he's had Bienemy, and basically all Andy Reid has had to do is like just mess around, <laughs> like literally, right. like he just came up with cool stuff. That's all he would do is come up with cool offensive schemes to just run a bunch of cool stuff like remember the thing like where they would do the huddle and they would like do the ring around the rosy thing in the huddle and then they break the huddle and no one would know who anywhere anywhere anyone was and then they'd snap the ball like Andy Reid would just come up with a bunch of garbage like cool stuff and now I feel like he has to actually coach again like he's not able to just kind of you know, come in with his hamburger and just kind of, you know, jump in and be right. like, all right, well, like I, I drew this up on the whiteboard last night. I think it's kind of cool. Maybe we can put it in this week. Like he, he's actually coordinating the offense again for the large part. And I think that that's a, a big difference. And, uh, you know, I, I remember with him just 
I think he really kind of took a backseat uh, to a lot of like the the day to day in the trenches type of coaching because of how much he trusted his coordinators to to do those types of things. So I, I do think that their coaching has taken a hit. They're obviously their receiving talent has taken a hit, uh, but outside of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes doing the magic Mahomes magic stuff on extended plays and things like that, uh, they don't have a ton of offense right now. And uh, it definitely reminds me a ton of some down years for the Patriots. Uh, you know, I, 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 you can go back to all the way to 06, you know, 2013, 2019, like those teams that still had Brady. So they still had like a baseline of like playoffs and, right. and they are not going to suck. Uh, but they didn't have the talent around Brady on offense for them to win the Super Bowl. And I think that Kansas City might fall in the same category. Now, the, the caveat is they could be the 2018 Patriots, right? Like they could all of a sudden just flip a switch in the playoffs and, and go on a run again. But I almost think that that was like them last year, you know, right. like that they did that last year. I don't know if they have that in them two years in a row. Uh, last point, uh, and I'm curious what you think. Isaiah Pacheco is kind of like a really important player for them. I, you know how much I like Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. That was the guy for me. I, he, I wanted him to be the next James White here. Yeah, I wanted him so bad in that draft. He's a very important player. He's a very good player. Yeah. And if they don't, you said, you know, short of Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey doing the magic, I think the Chiefs could beat the Patriots with Isaiah Pacheco. If like Travis Kelsey's locked up. And the Patriots say, fine, beat us throwing to Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. I think Mahomes and Pacheco could do it. Yeah. Pacheco's Without Pacheco. Really and he didn't practice yesterday. So we'll see where yeah. he's at. And he didn't it, play last week. Right. It changes a lot without him. It I, does. I truly believe that. It does because uh, with him, they're not a great running team, but he's a pretty good runner and they can run the ball a little bit and then they can throw it to him out of the backfield, too. Uh, just from a production standpoint, I. I, I have him on my fantasy team, so I know he's had a great year, like from a production standpoint. And he's on film, you know, he's fast, runs physical, runs hard. Uh, you know, he's a good player. And uh, I, I think that that's been a big loss for them the last couple weeks. He hasn't played uh, in a couple weeks. And, and I think that's right. a big loss for him. Um, where do you stand, I, I guess, on the on the Chiefs now and, uh, and in this game? Because I when I look at this game for the Patriots and I look at the state of the Chiefs, I, I do think that there's a chance, uh, not that the Patriots win, like I'm not picking them to win, uh, but there is a chance. And I also would say that I am expecting the Patriots to be competitive in this game. Like, I don't think the Chiefs are in a firing at all cylinders mode right now where they should be running away from you and winning this game by three touchdowns. Like, they're just not playing that kind of football at this moment in time. So I, I think the Patriots should be able to hang in there on Sunday against the Chiefs. I think it's going to be close. And, yeah. and, you know, they always play the Chiefs well. The last time these teams played, it's crazy, it's been this long, was the Cam Newton COVID the game. The COVID game, yeah. When they went in on a Tuesday night with essentially a day of prep with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer and that throwing in Nikhil Harry. And that thing was close until the fourth quarter. Chiefs kind of pulled away late. But yeah. for 45, 50 and, minutes, that was a close football game. And, uh, you know, Brian Hoyer throws the pick at the end of the right. half, right? Like if he doesn't throw no, that No, it wasn't pick. that. He took a sack. It's the one thing he couldn't do with yeah. the clock running. They were yeah. going to kick a field goal, tie it. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I, and that was when they had Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And we haven't seen the, – the Patriots have always had – defensively have always had a very good plan for Mahomes. Yeah. It's that much easier now without Ty- – They their plan used to be take away Tyreek Hill yeah. and make Mahomes win with Kelsey, and yeah. they couldn't do well, it. Well, it Now the start, Chiefs have taken away Tyreek Hill. It didn't start that way. Tyreek Hill, first, like, three games well, cause that, off against that the that first game, it was the, uh, the 2017 opener. Yeah. And he – that was Tyreek Hill's him. coming out party. And that was Alex Smith. Not right. Not even Mahomes. Right. And then uh, – they they played a game here, um, the the regular season game in 2018. Right, and Hill had a big game. He had three touchdowns, yeah. over 150 yards. He had a huge. That was game. the game he got the beer dumped on. Him. And then when they went to the AFC Championship game, they they doubled him like half the time, and and they right. that, they, that that was the plan well, well, that then shifted to we need to take. And now he's and now he's not there. So no, I do yeah. think it's going to be close. I I do think there's going to be a close game, unless you just get pissed off, f the world. You know, Mahomes. The, the Chiefs get the Patriot. That thing the Patriots used to get late in the year, and you talked about some of the yeah. years where they weren't talented. Yeah, it would get to the point where their lack of talent would just, for lack of a better word, motivate them to be better. Yeah. Even in 2018, remember Brady does that interview on the sideline after the Chargers game. Everybody thinks we suck. Yeah. And then he came out the next week and probably played one of the best games of his career yeah. against the Chiefs. Does the way last week ended, and the way the last few weeks have gone. I think last week may have been a bit of a breaking point. Yeah. For Patrick Mahomes. And the question is is offensively do they have enough to even have like to make that matter? Well, Maybe so the thing is Mahomes. How does Patrick Mahomes handle it? Yeah. And this is the first time he's really been in this spot. Does he take yeah. the Tom Brady approach and say if these guys aren't cuz I, I truly believe in and uh, there's really no film way to back this up. There's no tangible yeah. way to back this up. But weren't there times where it just felt like Tom Brady would essentially say even if these guys aren't good enough, I'll make them good enough? Uh, yeah. I'll just be that good that the players around me. I mean, the, the Saints game-winning drive right. is, is always the one where you can point to with that. All those Chiefs fans want to compare Patrick Mahomes to Tom Brady. So the one can, thing— can, the, can Patrick Mahomes get to the point where he yeah. says, you know what, I'm going to make Kadarius Tony good. I'm no. going to make MVS good. I don't care. I don't care how bad these guys are. I'm going to throw Kimbrough a pass they Tompkins can't drop. and Aaron Dobson? Right. Yeah. Can he do yeah. that? And and if That's you fair. get that—if Patrick Mahomes does have that— and. I don't think he does because nobody besides Brady has ever had that gear. Yeah. But if anybody's going to have it right now, Mahomes is as good a bet as anybody. So, if Mahomes yep. has that gear, look out. We're going to find out this week because it's now or never. So with Mahomes, uh, what I think is interesting with, with him, I think one of the the stat like if you look, there's no comparison to Brady yet. We we no. all know that. No, I've always there, said that. There, I, there isn't. Remember I, last year when they tried to be like Mahomes just won the Super Bowl on a busted ankle. Yeah, what does yeah. Tom Brady literally did that in his first Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, oh, my God. They yeah. were so mad when I pointed that out. Yeah. No, but it's different. Blah, blah, blah. Modern medicine. Like, modern medicine makes it easier. Okay. Uh, that aside, the fact that Patrick Mahomes hasn't played a road playoff game yet in his career is wild. That's yeah. that's a wild stat. Tom Brady hadn't lost a playoff game at this point in his career to yeah. where Mahomes is. Well, that's, He's lost a couple of That's them. not true. But 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, five years. Brady lost his first playoff game in year four. To Denver. Yeah. Mahomes right. lost his first. Or I guess year five. Yeah, I guess you're right. Mahomes lost his first playoff game in year two to no, Brady. No, no. I'm not saying that he's that there's a comparison. I'm just saying I know. it is wild. It is uh, impressive. It is that impressive. That he's never played a road playoff game. So to your point. Tom Brady played more Super Bowls oh than my, wild card oh games. Oh, my God. I just. To, to your point. Yeah. That Mahomes has never been in this position before. He hasn't. Like, right. this is the first time in his career and I get Brady beat him in the uh, twice, you know, in the Super yeah. Bowl in Tampa and then the AFC Championship game with the Patriots. 
But in his career, he has never really faced this much adversity before. You know, losing in the playoffs in, in the final four of the championship, uh, you know, Super Bowl is not adversity. It's, it's a different kind of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's its own thing. This is in-season adversity that Patrick Mahomes has not necessarily ever had before. By the way, on top of that, to add to the pressure, Broncos are one game back and playing really well. Yeah. So you're talking about, like, the division's kind of – they need a win to win the division. Yeah, and and just, again, to to make sure people are clear on yeah. this, this is about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, not the Chiefs beating the Patriots on Sunday. Right. Right, like, this is a big-picture conversation. But this is my point. This Chiefs. is This is the game where – those Patriots teams, and this is what makes this is why when and I have a bigger take I want to get to in a second with this. But for everybody who compared the Chiefs to the Patriots and saying this is the new dynasty, this is the spot where the Patriots lose a couple of games. You thought it was all said and done, yeah. and they get this right game. If it was the Patriots playing a bum Chiefs team in this spot, like the Brady Patriots, they win by three. Touchdowns. They would put up no fewer than forty-two points. It's on to Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and. This game, where the Chiefs are, and this isn't so much about the Patriots-Chiefs matchup, but I want to make a bigger picture point here, Evan. Do you remember over the summer when people were talking about, you know, do you? and this is when we thought maybe Mac Jones would figure it out. Yeah. And there were a segment of people that said, it doesn't matter if Mac Jones figures it out because for the next five years, the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Chargers, own the AFC, it doesn't matter what you do, you might as well just start moving on. You can never ever play that game in the NFL and this year is exactly why yeah. we were told the Chiefs were going to run the AFC for another 10 years they might not win their division this year yeah. we were told the Bills were going to run the AFC for another 10 years they might end up firing their coach at the end of the year they might not make the playoffs they might not make the playoffs I'm don't 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 sleep on the Bills the, I will absolutely don't I will remain it. sound asleep on the Buffalo Bills you do not have to worry about that <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals were not playing particularly well before Joe Burrow got hurt yeah and now meanwhile they were written off they're making a comeback with Jake Browning. And then the, there's Baltimore. The Baltimore's Baltimore. We'll see what they do they're in December. Oh, well, we'll see. they, they are a wagon doing. until Thanksgiving. We will Baltimore's see what they do doing, in December. We're already post-Thanksgiving. Chargers fall apart. Yeah. Right? Well, people that, and, and people then, that and, pick the Chargers are all right. And then were, you hate were, the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers were always were never good. And like, I never I, picked Chargers either because Staley. But, and then yeah. the Jets. Everybody talked about the Jets are going to be this thing for well, two or three I mean, years. Well, who knows what's going to happen with it. My point being, the NFL is such a year-to-year business. That is why well, this is injuries are a great equalizer. Well, but ultimately, it's also just hard to be good that long. People figure you out. But injuries are a great equalizer. Injuries. Like if the Bengals had Burrow and the Jets had Rodgers, like you just don't know. But, but salary cap, and I know you hate the cap, but the cap doesn't matter. Okay, why isn't Tyree killing Kansas City anymore? Because they don't want to pay him. All right, so money. Yeah. Let me put it that money is an equalizer, right? All, this game, I think, so perfectly encapsulates big picture why crowning the Chiefs as the next Patriots is such a disservice to both sides. So that's what. So this is what this is about. Right. This because is what this is about. They're not the Patriots. The Patriots. This is like when you get on me for saying that he's not Tom Brady. Bold but take, the Alex. Is, the difference they're is not the Patriots. There are a lot of people being very loud about the Chiefs are the next great bold NFL. Bold take. Bold There's, take. Hang on. There's a lot of people saying the Chiefs are the next great American. Really going out on a limb here. There's a lot of people saying the Chiefs are the next great American dynasty. What yeah. I'm here to tell you is the Patriots were the last great American dynasty. 
that can't be replicated because the Patriots were never in a situation that all of these teams that we crowned in the offseason, Patriots were never in a situation like this until about 20 years no in. No one will ever be the Patriots. I don't get I don't get <laughs> Wow. I, I played that, into your that little. That was a great one. That I you played into your with. little Taylor Swift game, and you're not even gonna. <laughs> I couldn't remember if the name of the song was next or last, so I had to use both of them. But what 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 song is it are you talking the next, about? Is it the, the last great American Dynasty? Isn't that a Taylor Swift song? Oh yeah, I mean like that's a deep cut though. So I don't get credit for the deep cut. I I don't even know if that's the name of the song. It's a pretty deep cut. I played your that's game. Like extra credit for the deep I cut. I beat you at your game. And I don't even get any credit for that. I think it's the I mean, last great American dynasty. Uh, it is. Taylor Swift, the last great American dynasty, and you missed it. Yeah. I weaved that in beautifully, and you missed it. Because you were, So who's the real Swifty cause I, here? Because I was trying to go on. I, I, I was trying to play into the bit, you know? I I, I missed it. You're right. I played into right. your bit. You're, I bitceptioned you. Jesus. Uh a couple more things. You give me all piece. this crap for not wanting to talk about Taylor Swift, and I did that beautifully. You, Nothing. You did, it, you did it so well that I missed it. Exactly. Like, that's how well you did it. Like me, I, I'm just like I'm not even trying to like weave it in. I'm just like you need to calm down. Like that's it. Like I'm just coming out and saying it. Uh, a couple more things on the Chiefs. Uh, offensively, last thing uh, about the Chiefs' offense in this matchup, the. The splits um, heavily favor playing two deep safeties against Patrick Mahomes. And this has kind of become like the it coverage now because with these high-flying passing offenses. all cyclical. These these quarterbacks and things like that that can move around. Remember Uh, when this was the defense for like 30 years and then it fell out of style? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's playing cover two against Patrick Mahomes. So uh, that that's the big coverage that they play. Uh, you know, when he gets single high coverage, you know, cover one, cover three, he's fourth in the league in EPA. When he gets uh, cover two quarters, split safety zone, he's 16th. So he's like a mere mortal. You know, he's middle of the pack when you play cover two against him or quarters. And uh, that's always been the plan. You know, Kelsey's really not for the Patriots, but that's the Patriots have played a lot of man coverage against the Chiefs. Uh, the main reason why they've done that is because Kelsey, I think, as I, this is not, again, like we're talking Patriots, Chiefs, you know, dynasties, and now we're talking Kelsey, Gronk, whatever. I, I think Travis Kelsey has a case uh, to maybe be the best zone route runner in the history of football. Like, he is He's very good at it. Phenomenal. Like, he is a zone buster. And I think the big reason you why. You watch some Larry Fitzgerald tape. But. The big reason why is because he doesn't actually run routes against zone. He, right, he just kind of runs to his spot. Yeah, he just, like, he looks at it like a quarterback. Well, he was a quarterback right. in college. And he looks at it like a quarterback, and then wherever the void is that gets created by the other, like, wherever there's space, he just finds the space, and then Mahomes and him just have this, like, sixth sense where they Mahomes will just find him in the, in the voids. Uh, he is as good against zone as I've ever seen. Like, he's just phenomenal against it. Uh, but at the same time like if you don't play two deep shells you give them that single high look they're going to tear tear you apart um so in this game i I do anticipate the patriots playing a lot of two man like yeah you you play two uh man coverage underneath two safeties over the top uh, and make uh mahomes you know matriculate it down the field as they say uh he also is uh mahomes this year he leaves the league in scrambles yeah it doesn't surprise me yeah number one a lot of fine i'll do it myself kind of plays yeah and I, I like to call him Pac-Man because he's, like, just fast enough to get away. You know, like, he's not, he's not actually fast, but he's, like, just fast enough. 
Uh, so uh, he's really good in scramble mode, obviously, but he's, he's he will take off running for first downs now. Like that's that's something that he's had to do, I think, more this year because uh, they don't have you know as many answers. So he's got to add the scramble. Uh, Spagnolo, though, no, defense. Well, you're are we done with the offense? Can we move over to the defense because they yeah. they deserve to be talked yeah. about. Uh, so the Chiefs' defense is better than the Chiefs' offense. Oh yeah. They're ninth in, in DVOA defensively. Uh, Spags is a wizard. Like, he just dials up pressure from everywhere. Uh, only, I think it's their third in the league in creating unblocked rushers at the quarterback. So, just guys coming scot-free through the line of scrimmage at the quarterback. Uh, they run a lot of creeper pressure. Uh, they blitz McDuffie from the slot a lot. That's a big part of it, too. But they're excellent at creating uh, uh, open or free runners uh, to the quarterback. And uh, that's going to be a big part of the game plan uh, this week for the Patriots is not only trying to block it, right, and trying to get everybody pointed in the right direction to block it, but also, you know, sight adjust who's hot, right? Like, who, who how do you get the ball out of your hands? Right. Uh, because when they run these creeper pressures, which is it's a stagnant defense, it looks like it's a coverage defense, and then they're just going to blitz like a defensive back. Right. right. So they, they're blitzing people um, that you're not expecting to rush, and then they're dropping rushers. So, like, they'll drop guys off the end of the line of scrimmage, and then they'll blitz McDuffie out of the slot so they can maintain the numbers and the coverage. Uh, when they do that, stuff like that, you can't really, like, sniff out a creeper. Like, it's really difficult. That's why they're called creepers because right. they creep up on you. So if, if you're going to see a lot of that on Sunday – you're going to have to beat that by throwing, you know, replacing the blitz with the ball, right? Like you're going right. to have to find hot routes. You're going to have to get the ball out of Bailey Zappi's hands. Uh, the one thing that I, I did see, though, with, with this Chief Thieves, and it's really, really good defense. They're not really good uh, against the run, but in this game, like I would not expect Spags to let the Patriots run the ball like that. The, right. When they go up against Buffalo, obviously they're going to, they're going to be okay with giving up some yards on the ground, you know, like then they go up against the, those marquee teams and things like that. It's a little different uh, with the Patriots. I, I don't think they're just going to let them run the ball. Uh, but uh, the one thing that I did notice with them is that they're not, they, they're not great at handling motion, like at the snap, like jet motion, things like that. A lot of times, like they'll motion and they'll the, they'll try to cover the motion in an open space elsewhere. It's not necessarily that they can't make the play on the guy that goes in motion. It's like they mo if you motion to the left and then throw back to the right, you know you can find openings in their defense that way. Uh, so using motion as eye candy uh, to kind of like draw the defense in that direction and then hitting them elsewhere uh, has been effective against this defense in the past. But it's a really really good defense and uh, they're carrying them a lot. And so you mentioned. Uh, earlier like how could the Chiefs run away with this game to me it's the defense dominating it's, the Patriots and, and it's one guy it's Chris Jones it's yeah. Chris Jones just blowing up the line getting pressure on we've seen Zappi pressured quite a bit in, yeah. in the last two games and he's handled it relatively well I don't think he's been perfect he's but been I'd say good more good than blitz. bad yeah yeah well no like pressure in his face specifically yeah, yeah. not the blitz but yeah like rushers coming wherever they're coming from rushers coming at him unblocked or half blocked he, he's going to get a different – it's going to be similar to Khalil Mack, but, like, Chris Jones is just another uh, another level. And yeah. Chris Jones certainly had – he took over that game last week, and if the Chiefs win that game, he's the player of the game. Yeah. And it's been the case for a lot of their games this year, as good as Patrick Mahomes is. I think you could make an argument that in terms of, you know, what, Impact, you, see, what yeah. you see on the film, Chris Jones has been the Chiefs' best player this year. Yeah, him or McDuffie. McDuffie's, McDuffie's been, been pretty good. Phenomenal. So. But yeah. I, I, I think – Chris Jones can wreck a game. Bill said it this, uh, yesterday. He can ruin a game, and 
he's ba- we're really going to see what Bailey Zappi looks like under pressure because you mentioned how much Mike Onwenu some struggled with some of that. Not Mike Onwenu, uh, City so yeah. struggled with some of that move stuff. Yeah. They're going to get the games going with Christopher Jones. They did a ton last week. They move him around. They play him in all the different spots. Yep. They'll probably get him one up on Cole Strange sometimes and try to overpower Cole Strange. When Connor McDermott comes in at left tackle, I'm sure yeah. if the Patriots do that again, I'm sure they'll try to run him on Connor McDermott. They'll get him on the rookie. So, and he's going to be in Bailey Zappi's face quite a bit. We're going to see how Bailey Zappi does with it. Yeah, he is a good player, and I think it's a really nice tra- uh, test for the two young guards. You know, yeah. Cole Strange and City. So I've been singing Cole Strange's praises today. This is a matchup that historically, and Chris Jones eats up a lot of guards. So I'm not saying that this is just a Cole Strange thing, but a long, big physical, powerful interior rusher like Chris Jones. This is the guy that Cole Strange has has really like been benched at times, you know, throughout the last couple of years because he can't handle. So it'll be re- interesting to see how this looks, but that's to me how the the Chiefs blow out the Patriots yeah. is the turnovers on defense, negative plays on defense, and the Patriots just not being able to move the ball against a, a really really good uh KCD. All right, we got one more phone call and then we're uh, going to wrap it up here. Uh, James is in California. What's up, James? Hey guys, thanks for taking my hey. call. I'll try to be real quick. I had um, one point on um, the coaching and uh, Bill Belichick. First, I think he's the greatest coach of all time, so yep. this isn't necessarily a knock on him. But I feel like you need great, good to great, but make sure good to great players. You don't necessarily need a good, co- a great coach to win a Super Bowl or even go to a Super Bowl. And I think history has shown that. You know, you have Doug Peterson. I don't think anybody would call him a great coach. The, both the Harbaugh bowl, uh, bowl, you wouldn't call either one of those guys great coaches or good coaches. I mean, go back as far as Brian Billick when, when he won his Super Bowl. And he, I don't think anybody would call him a great coach either. But when you have both the players and preferably, preferably the quarterback being one of the great players and a great coach, I feel that's when – the coach is able to showcase his greatness because the players will keep him there long enough to show how great he is. And I think that's what happened with Bill Belichick and why he failed in Cleveland and why he's failing now is because he didn't have the great players because he had the great players with Brady for so long. He was able to showcase that he was the greatest coach of all time when it came to teaching uh, positions and also teaching uh, in-game management. And so, like, when it comes to Patriots fans wondering, worrying about losing him, I really am not that worried about it because as long as we get a, a decent head coach but someone that can evaluate talent as far as the GM goes and bring in talent, I feel like we'll be okay. And that's all I got. Take it off here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, James. Uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of, of what he said. I, 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 it's, it's a tough position. We were, you know, kind of mentioned this a, a few minutes ago. It's a tough decision because there's still so many things that Bill Belichick is really good at, right. and there's still so many things that uh, he's probably better at, at than anybody in the world. And like, right. I think one of the bigger things that he said that I, I don't think that Bill gets enough credit for is his ability to teach the game. Like yeah. that's such a big part of what makes him great. Is uh, you know, just remembering like some of the football life stuff and like him going up to Julian Edelman and teaching him how to like read the punt off the punter's foot and you know like little right. things like that. Or we see him out at training camp and he'll watch a, an eleven on eleven play and then go make corrections with like seven different guys. And you're just like how did he see all that? Right. Like how, you know, right. and how, how, and then he's able to like, kind of just tell the player 
the most important elements. Like not not to t- like throw all this information at a guy. Just say, hey, if you put your hand like a little bit more over here, or you do this, or you do that, then it'll be easier for you the next time. You know, like those little things like that. And uh, he he's still great at that. He's still an encyclopedia of football history, knowledge, all of that. Uh, but I think where we all come from it is you are what your record says you are. Right. And, and to sit here and say that nobody could do a better job when you're three and ten is just a little disingenuous. It just it it, it stinks because to the caller's point, like if he could just stay and let somebody else get him better players, that's the perfect world. Yeah, it but just, it it does, just he's it's it's, it's not, not going to happen. It's not who no. he is. He's not going to coach somebody else's players. So. All right, uh, that does it for us. Uh, we will be back next Thursday um, before the, the Broncos game, Christmas Eve Broncos game yep. in Denver. And uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Enjoy the Swifties on Sunday. They're going to be all out in full force. Evan's a fake Swiftie. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, PU's up next. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.